All right, welcome to another edition of the Sports Edition. I am one of the hosts, Shay, and then another host is someone who shares the same birthday as me, November 23, and also has a name that almost rhymes, and he is JC. It's a lot of bars you're spitting right there, pure bars. Yeah, I know, and that's straight off the dome, straight off the dome. Give him a contract. I, I'm like Eminem. <laughs> Like Cassidy. Oh wow, that's a throwback right there. Shout out to Cassidy. Yeah, yeah, but we've well, we actually did record a podcast last week. Yeah. It just um, you know, this is a new show, so we're still going out the kinks, as in the kinks, just trying to find good free podcasting websites that would have good audio. That won't give us echoes because I know you listened to our last podcast, or even the earlier ones. That the, the the audio wasn't necessarily too great. A little so rough. yeah, a, l- a little rough, a little rough. So we're still working out the kinks here, but I think we we got it. I think we I think, got it. I think we got a really strong base right now. I think that this is a good move. Hopefully, that the new transition to this new company works out. Hopefully. Yes, hopefully this transition to new company will work out. And then hopefully in the future, when we don't have a massive pandemic ravaging the country, maybe you'll be able to see us and we'll be doing video. Maybe we'll be in the studio. So who knows? Yeah, hopefully this is a good contract and not like a John Wall contract with this company right now. Oh, actually, I'll take a John Wall contract. If I could get paid $40 million a year to do nothing, I'll... I'll take that. Yeah, it uh, it sounded better in my head before I said it out. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded significantly better. But yeah, a lot of stuff well, going on in the in the sports world, though. A lot of exactly, stuff. a lot of stuff. Well, I mean, we were talking about uh, doing nothing for forty million, but how about scoring nothing for PSG? Because oh. they had a zero <laughs> against uh, Bayern Munich. Yeah. And the game was honestly, uh, the first half was kind of entertaining, but it kind of dragged. And even the Liverpool-Tottenham game last year, I felt, was more exciting. And that's saying something. Because that, that Champions League final was pretty boring. Yeah, um, this one was significantly more boring than uh, than usual. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it was really boring, actually. It was one of the more boring soccer matches that I watched. Um which I mean, I guess is either good or bad, just depending on the way you look at it. Because on one hand, it's just like, oh, this is really tense. Nobody's, uh, you know, nobody's really doing anything. Like, who's gonna, like, you know, who's gonna, who's gonna get the win? But yeah, it was like, uh, and PSG was just horrible. They were atrocious. Yeah, I, and I just wonder, was there anything wrong with Maury Cardi? Why wasn't he playing? Why was true? I get, I, I know that Chuba Motang had the game-winning goal in the semifinals, but why was he playing over Icardi? You are was Icardi hurt? Um, I don't think so. Is he hurt? I don't think so. I, I just, I just can't fail to see like why was, yeah, you know, like why was he? playing over Icardi. Um they just didn't have enough attacking like power like impetus. I like I love Mbappe. I just don't feel like as a single striker that's his best role. And it know. showed because he gets overpowered. He's he's a speed guy. If you wanna if he plays striker, it has to be on a two man with a two man strike force. I guess that Neymar was kind of playing off as a second striker, but he was more like an attacking midfielder. Um, he I'm needs not... a more physical force with him, and I think that's where you get the best with Mbappe, or else just play him on the wing and let him just run against fullbacks. 
I don't know. I um, watching the game. One, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna say this. Neymar was really bad. He he's been bad for about like semifinals, quarterfinals. Yeah. I mean he'll he'll dribble through like the ten defenders, but then when it comes to goal, he'll miss. That's oh. that's been the story so far for the Champions League. Yeah. Here here was my hot take that I was that I was um that I was gonna say to you, Neymar. Um, it, I don't know when it happened, but do you remember like? four years ago when we were like saying like during the MSN partnership is like, man, Neymar might be inching his way into top three players in the world. And, you know, he might be the guy to take over. when inching? I, He was already, he was already the third best after he Messi was. Ronaldo in terms of attackers. But it just feels like ever since like 2000 and what, 16, he hasn't really been able to get back to those heights. I pretty much say ever since he went to PSG, he's never been able to get back to I those heights. I say the year, his last year in Barca, his last year in Barca too. Like he started kind of tumbling down a little bit. Not tumbling, but he was definitely on the way down. Do you think uh, injuries had a part to play with Neymar? Or you just think it's just his overall personality? Um, I think it's a combination of both, but I definitely think that it has to do a lot with the injuries. Because when you're not getting the reps in, you're obviously going to do worse as time goes on, and especially when you're playing for PSG, who's you know expected to win the league every year. And to uh, I, I didn't expect them to go to the to the final. To be fair, but um, you know they're still supposed to do pretty decent in the Champions League too. So yeah, I I would say it's a combination of both. I just still can't fail to believe how a uh, attack force of Angel Di Maria, Kylian Mbappe, and Neymar just Dude. can't. We we said it before. Goal. We we said it before, and we we should also need to do this. We need to give credit to Byron's defense because Byron's defense was top notch. They were even uh, they were they looked a little bit leaky against Lyon mm-hmm. the last game, and I thought that PSG look look if Lyon scored their chances they would have beat Byron, but they had they had Toko Ikambi who was missing every single shot. I felt when you give those same chances to PSG, they were going to knock them in. But PSG couldn't even create those chances. Mm-hmm. Why? How did Leon play a better game than PSG? That's a really good question. I don't know, and I really don't have the answer to that because just uh, just going down the line. I mean, every everything was everybody was just really bad. <laughs> everybody was really bad for PSG, and I don't know why. I don't have an answer for you, to be honest with you. Also, to be fair. Not only was the defense for Bayern Munich going out of their minds, Neuer was also having a game. Oh yeah, Neuer. Neuer was. Honestly, Neuer was ready for Mbappe. Yeah, Neuer was looking like 2012 Neuer out there. To be honest, yeah. Every time when it looked like Mbappe could run past a Bayern Munich center defender, Neuer would rush, would rush like 30 yards off his line just to pick the ball up. He was ready for Mbappe. He was not going to let Mbappe get one of those goals. No. No, yeah, he wasn't. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. He was incredible. <laughs> like, I really can't get over like how incredible they were. But also on the flip side, so what do you think it is? I should, I should be asking you. What do you think it was for PSG that just wasn't that wasn't getting it done? Do you think that it was just down to one player? Do you think it was down to managing? Like, what do you think uh, was going down? Well, for PSG, um, is there a team of individuals? They get by off being better individually than the opponents 
And that's how they win, just having more talent than their opponents. But when you go against a team that has as much talent as you, as Bayern Munich, but also play as a team and not just a set of individuals, that's where they're going to lose. True, yeah. Lewandowski, Coleman, Kimmich, Muller, uh, Alaba. Gnabry. All of them have been playing together. I didn't even mention, like, Boateng. And who, I don't know, if, uh, but um, I don't know if there's anybody else that I'm missing. But all if, those if, guys have played together for, like, three years. Yeah, not even on the Bayern team, on the German national team as well, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, most of those guys are playing on the exact same team, yeah. And I want to say that Bayern Munich has had a better manager, but their manager has been one of the best managers in world football right now. Thomas Tuchel, he's a great manager, but with with PSG, I don't think he really gets a chance to, like, influence the team as much as he would like because when he was on Dortmund or on other teams in the Bundesliga Thomas Tuchel had a more lasting effect with his different formations with his unique uh yeah unique formations um unique play styles but with PSG it's more like Real Madrid you just let them you just let them have full freedom and you're not they're not really playing in a confined system Bayern Munich plays in a confined system. They change their game plans. They make they make use of the players they have available, like Alfonso Davies, changing him to left back from from being a winger. That has um, that has completely transformed Alfonso Davies' game, turning Alaba into a center back, and then having him being a more of a ball playing defender, yeah. and having the pace and speed to keep up with Mbappe, or at least. Oh, like one of the fa- fastest defenders to to defend against Mbappe. Yeah, I mean, and then you have he's a cheat. Oh, uh, I also wanted to just throw that out there. Alaba's just a straight up cheat code. Oh yeah, Al- oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, and they they definitely need to keep Alaba for next season. And also, Gnabry is still. I still can't believe he did not get playing time for West Brom. West Brom Sergio, or Sergio Arsenal? Both. 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 <laughs> he didn't get plenty of time for West Brom or Arsenal. Yeah, because I really, I really, I really don't understand. Like, because I was like whole out on Gnabry when he left Arsenal. Like when he left, I was just, I was like whole like out on him. And then his first season with Byron, I'm just like, what did we do? <laughs> like, what happened? Why is it? Not even just Byron. I believe he played for he played for a different club before that. I don't. It wasn't Wedding Bremen. It was another club before Bayern. Where he was, he was showing he was showing out. So yeah, yeah, he played for uh, Arsenal. Originally transferred him to a different club in the Bundesliga, and then that's when Gnabry started showing out. And then Bayern bought him after that. I'm really. So let's just see Wh- which team was it. I would like to say Stuttgart, but uh, it was not Stuttgart. I have no idea. Think. Let's see clubs for Gnabry. Clubs for Gnabry. But yes, he played for West Brom and did not get playing time for West Brom. But let's, which is crazy. Let us see. Let's just see his timeline. Just his timeline. <laughs> his time. Yeah. So he he was he was in Stuttgart in the under seventeen. That's where that's where he essentially made his mark for the. He was he was in the Stuttgart youth system, and Stuttgart has one of the strongest youth systems. That's where Arsenal bought him from Stuttgart. And he was in the under 18s um, reserves. Went to West Brom at lo- for loan. Did not get playing time at West Brom at all. Came back to Arsenal. Then yes, it was Wendell Redmond. So Wendell Redmond did buy him, 
After Wernerberg and Bayern for one season, did well there. Went to Hoffenheim. Then Hoffenheim, he did well there. And then Bayern Munich bought him. Oh, okay. So he went through all those teams. And little did we know that Arsenal had... This is this would have been Arsenal's best winger. If you think if they had Gnabry, Aubameyang, and Lacazette, that's a yeah, that's a team at, at the attack force. Yeah, that's that that's the probably the most ideal attack force. And if we want him back, we're gonna have to pay what like 60, 70 mil for him just to get him back, maybe more. <laughs> 60, 70? Try like a hundred and seventy or two hundred for a guy a- that. A guy that young and that skilled. For who? Oh, do, you, do you know? Do you know how the transfer market is in soccer? Transfer mar- the transfer market is not a hundred and eighty million dollars for Sergi Gnabry. Do you know how much Richarlson is worth for Everton, or or how who? much they want to sell him for? Richarlson for Everton. Uh, whatever they want to sell him for, he's not worth it. I can tell you that. Well, Barcelona wanted to buy him for one hundred and ten million euros. But Everton want 160 million euros. So if Richarlison is worth that, then Gnabry is worth 200. No, no, <laughs> no. The the only per I'm I'm sorry. I, maybe I'm still going well, off of the, the market value for like a couple years ago. But the only, there's only like two players it's completely the changed. There's only two players in the world that I would pay 200 million for. I'm sorry. It's com- it's completely changed now. Dude, there's no because, way. There's no way Serge Gnabry goes for. 130 mil. There's no way. His current market value based off transfermarket.com is 79.2 million. So I was close. I mean, seven, but that's his market value, which means if you want to buy him, it's going to, you're going to have to pay over 100. Hang on. I have to look at that. This is a bad way to start out the podcast by arguing over transfer, but I have to see what were the biggest transfer fees over the la- over the summer. I need to see this. And okay. If you have it off the top of your ha- head, uh, go ahead and go ahead. Well, and, you know, I don't know the exact numbers, but I know Mbappe is is possibly the number one. I think Jao Felix is number two, or uh, Jao Felix is number one. Jao Felix, Felix is number, number three. three. Number Killian, three. Killian is number two. Neymar number one, 222. Uh, okay, so Neymar's still number one. Okay. Yeah, so 222 million. Beat him. There's only one player ever to go over 200 million, and that's Neymar. And that's Neymar. Mbappe All right. didn't even get there. Still 180. Yao Felix is 126. So steep price difference. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's no way, like... And let's see here. Okay, in, so Mbappe is better than Yao Felix. I mean, he's better, so, but Jao Felix was how old at the time? Like nineteen. Yeah, I mean, Gnabry's yeah. twenty-five. It's still, it's still young. It's young, but it's not eighteen, nineteen. <laughs> okay, touche. But there's no way Bayern is selling them. Bayern's not selling them. But all I'm saying is, like, counting it up right now, there's only literally ten players ever in the history of world football that have a transfer budget of a, over a hundred million. Only ten. And that's Chris. That's Bale, Ronaldo, Pogba, Dembele, Coutinho, Griezmann, Felix, and Mbappe, Neymar. Literally heavy hitters across the board. Yeah, you, I think about six of them you just named came with the last came within the last three years. One, two, three, four. Okay, out of those ten, eight of them were after twenty sixteen. Exactly. Exactly. It's a it's a different market now. It is a different so, market, but still, so, you have to be either so, a guy with insane potential like uh, Dembele. Uh, 
or Felix. Felix, I really understand them. If, if Coutinho and Griezmann were worth that much, Gnabry's worth just as much as well. No. No, because you, you also got to think, it's not just about how well you're playing on the field. It's how much of like, these these guys are like marketable. These are marketable guys we're talking about. That's where that so extra... So Gnabry's not marketable? He's not $100 million marketable, now. So Gnabry is, at least for FIFA, he's like one of the figureheads for the Adidas brand for F- yeah, yeah, for for soccer, for the Adidas brand, he's one of the figureheads. Let me put it to you this he, way. Let me put it to you this way. Um, <laughs> if you were running Arsenal, not not Arsenal, that's a bad. If you were running any any team and you wanted Serge Gnabry, would you pay a hundred million dollars for him? A hundred flat, yeah. You'd pay a hundred million for Gnabry. You think he's that yeah, special? Just yes, basing on the market, he's still twenty five. He has a good five years to play at a top level. Um, you get you twenty goals a season. Let me see how many goals he he has. He's not twenty. Well, no, he he has on, on yeah. Byron, he, there's no way. There's no way. So let's see. This With past Coleman season, and Lewandowski and. I'm saying he's capable of giving you 20 goals a season. I don't think he's capable of 20 goals. That's how pro. No, that's how prolific Serge Gnabry was. If you can, uh, his, if you can his finishing score. for a winger is a mate is is unreal. What's the most? Let's see his stats. <laughs> yeah, I need I need to see that ASAP because ain't no way. Okay, so in 110 matches, let me let me see his season stats. But 110 matches for the Bundesliga, he's had 43 goals and 27 assists. It's pretty good, but that's not 100 million dollars. Sorry. In the UEFA Champions League, I believe he had a well, yeah, he had nine goals and 10 matches for the UEFA Champions League. Uh, 12 goals for the Bundesliga and 10 assists in 31 matches. That's 21 goals. I can say that Champions League. Again. He had nine goals in ten matches for the UEFA Champions League. Twelve goals, twelve goals in thirty-one matches for the in the Bundesliga. That's twenty-one goals, and one goal in the International Champions Cup. So that's twenty-two. For the he year. had twenty-two for the year. Yeah, twenty goals a season. On the year, I don't think I'm paying a hundred million for that. Um, for a a winger giving you twenty goals, and if you watch the way Serge Gnabry scores those goals, he's not he's not a guy who plays by the goal. He yeah, cuts inside, like if I'm makes that, incisive if, runs. If you pay a hundred million dollars and he doesn't give you like a hundred million dollar qual, like if I'm paying a hundred, like for example, the whole Pepe signing, right? We paid eighty million dollars, eighty million, um, and he's and he's better than Pepe, and he's better than Pepe. But look, like. If I'm pay- if I paid eighty million, I expect you as soon as you hit the field to score a bare minimum, a bare minimum of fifteen goals in the prem, off rip, right? If I pay you a hundred million dollars, you better score twenty, off rip. You better I'd score say a combination league, of fifteen not goals not and assists, not uh, the year, at least no. period, period. Okay, but yeah, for a guy, I'm saying for a guy like Gnabry, he's going to give you is he probably be the best player on my team. That's hundred million dollars. That's hundred million. He's going to be up there with Aubameyang. Is he going to be the best? That's what he's going to be up. He, well, Aubameyang can't catch a hundred million dollar price. Aubameyang, right Aubameyang, if he was younger, would be a hundred million player. If if he had that same, if he had that same skill at 23, he'll be a hundred million player. So yeah. At his, at at Canabry's age, if Aubameyang was that good at Canabry's age, he will be a hundred million player, and I expect Canabry to be as good as Aubameyang. 
You expect Gennaber to be as good as Aubameyang? Yes. That's crazy. Look, I've watched Bayern Munich this season. Gennaber was not as good as Lewandowski because Lewandowski was, you could argue he was probably the best player in in football right now. He had Wait, about, what, 50, 55 goals in this calendar year? Sorry, say that again. Oh, yeah, 55 goals in this season, this year. Who? Um, Lewandowski? Robert Lewandowski, yes. Yeah, that, that was my other hot take. But I, I actually think that he actually has a very good argument for being the best player in world, in world football right now. Yes. But then after that, you can argue that Gnabry was the next best player on the attack. And Bayern Munich was just clinical, and Gnabry was a big part of that. It went through Gnabry, it went through Mueller, it went through Lewandowski. Those three in the attack made so, Bayern Munich the top team so, in football right now. So you think that Gnabry has a legit chance of leading the league in scoring? Well, from the position he plays, no. But I'm saying he could at least give you ten goals in a in a in a league season and twenty goals in a whole if you count all the leagues together. Oh, I'm if saying you, count you said that your European leagues together. He'd give you a Bamiang production. A Bamiang. But Bamiang's a striker. A is a striker. Gnabry Gnabry gets you assists and goals. Mm. And crosses. He's it's a different position, but if I could get twenty goals from the position he's playing, that's elite. You might say Aubameyang does play on the wing, but he still acts as a striker. Canabry's a midfielder. Aubameyang's been playing on the wing for a while, but I mean, yeah, but but he still essentially acts like a striker. He's he plays on the wing, but he moves forward like a striker. Canabry is still essentially a midfielder, and he's giving you twenty goals a season. All right, let's just say this. Agree to disagree. I'm not. I, I, you can do it. I won't do it. I, I won't. I, I can't do it. I can't be honest. So I got. I got another question for you. How yeah. much would you pay for Alfonso Davies? He is, I believe, I say about 20 years old, give or take. Um, arguably the fastest person in the world. Um, is a amazing left back. He was so good that Alaba had to play exclusively center back. So how much would you pay for Alfonso Davies, given that? 19 years old, who will turn 20 in November. Uh, that's a good question. Like $25-ish? $25? You yeah. mean million? I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, here's the thing with Davies, right? I... I, I get very scared when I go for really young guys who ha- like you see the potential, but they haven't really showed me anything. Does that make sense? Dave Davies is ha- Davies hasn't showed you anything. He hasn't showed me like like give me a hundred and forty million million for him. Well, he's valued he at sixty six million from transfer market. I mean, he has he has top flight potential, top flight, but I'm not. You said he had sixty million. I don't even think I'd pay 60. 60, 66 million. I don't even think I'd pay that. I'd play close. I'd pay closer than Gnabry. I'd pay like fifty. Yeah, you don't understand the tra- the transfer market nowadays. No, I understand how. I understand, listen, I understand not hitting hitting that salary cap. <laughs> that, that's what I understand. I understand. But there's no salary cap in soccer. It's just if you're a rich owner, you can you can know, pay for a billion. Two billion, fifty billion, 
look, look, once uh, Newcastle comes to, a, well, I guess post-corona, once they start buying all their players, you're going to see a completely different team. They're the richest team in the world right now. I think really. Well, with their owner, it's the richest. Their own, they have the richest owner in the world. So, Oh, you, so you think that they're just going to, um, uh, what do you call it? <laughs> just blow the salary cap. If it wasn't for the COVID period, they probably would have done done a little bit more. But this is probably a team we're going to watch for the next few years, and it'll probably be the new Manchester City. But do you really think? Let me let me ask you a question. Like Alfonso Davy, like granted, like what he showed me in um, like throughout the year, what he showed me throughout the year has been good. Like it's been good, but it hasn't been like because how old is he? He's like he's a teenager. Nineteen. He's 19 years 19. old. Like, he's good. I'm not saying he's not good, but I'm not, like, like I wouldn't break the bank for him. I really wouldn't. I really wouldn't. Then he also plays left-back position, and it's hard to find really good left-backs. It is. It's left-footed, it is. True left-footed left-backs. Yeah. And he can just bob in the flank like a winger, but still has – proven enough defensively that he's not a liability defensively either no he's not a liability defensively he can also move into the midfield also um and he's kind of he gives you goals from from the left back position yeah he gives you goals and he's um um actually uh pretty outstanding at passing too pretty outstanding but yeah i don't think i really wouldn't i like i really 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 would not like, would you break the bank for him? You'd break the bank for him? Like, you're that sure that he's going to be a hit, like, no matter where he goes? It depends. If I'm Pep Guardiola, I would, because uh, fullbacks are very vital in this system. But it just Dude, depends. What, if, or Liverpool, for example. If I need a left-back from Jurgen Klopp, if Liverpool Liverpool fullbacks are essentially the most important position in the build-up. So, I'll tell you right Yeah. Now. I'll tell you right I would now. break the bank for him if I was them. I'll tell you right now, if I'm Byron, I don't let it happen. I would not let it happen. Oh, he's untouchable if I'm buying. I'm, I'm not buying. selling him. I'm just like, listen, I'm not selling him. I'm going to have him learn from Alaba, one of the best right, left backs of uh, this generation. I'm going to let him learn under him. And we're going to complete this pretty much one of the best back four in the in the entire world. And we're going to get that going. That's what I would do if I was them. But I also, on the flip side, would not. Wouldn't. I'd pay $50 million if they don't want it for $50 million. See you later. Um, if I I will I would pay that market value. I'll pay sixty six million. If I'm Guardiola, though, I'll pay. I'd say at most ninety million. If I'm Guardiola or Jurgen Klopp, because, well, if I'm Jurgen Klopp and I find I have Andrew Robertson, I would pay ninety million because fullbacks are extremely vital to their their uh, style of play. Yeah. Well, but if I'm any other team, I'll say sixty million, sixty six million. I'll I'll pay that market value. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're. They're probably not gonna give him up because for some reason Byron just always finds a way to just get the best fullbacks. Like it's his day job. I don't know what they do. They're like fullback country. <laughs> yeah, and because like, and what do you think? The, it's, pretty, it's pretty crazy the fact that they got Philip Lom, and then right afterwards they're just like, eh, let's just get this kid Kimmich, who's just like the perfect replacement. It's like, yeah, let's get one of the best right backs of all time, and then uh, substitute him for one of the best. Uh, right back. He was like he was like a reincarnation of Long at that sense. young age. It doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. But then, but then they were like, you know what? This season, I want Kimmich to be exclusively a defensive midfielder. So yeah. you know what they do? Uh, get Benjamin Pavard, 
from Stuttgart and then make him a right back who he's been playing. He, he plays right back for the French team, but he plays center back for Stuttgart. But for Bayern Munich, he's playing ex- exclusively right back, and he's, he's been great at that. Yeah, yeah. And, and Kimmich has been – you could argue Kimmich has been even better playing at midfielder. With that midfield uh, trio of Kimmich, Thiago, and Goretzka, or Mueller, they, you can argue they had the best midfield in the world as well. They do have the best midfield in the world. Yeah, even Thiago. Thiago will be leaving to Liverpool. Yeah, they have the. In my opinion, they have the best back four and the best midfield. After honestly, after that final, I was like, I was convinced on Byron that, like, all right, you guys have debatably the best player in the world. You guys have, uh, and they might have the best attack. <laughs> they might. They're, the, they're clearly the best team. I don't want to them, I don't give it to them, but I mean, the best attack that I thought in the world, they got that. They got absolutely demolished. So I really don't think I could say anything. Bundes, uh, Mueller has a record for Bundesliga for assists. Then Lewandowski has a well, record would, for goals. Well, I would hope that Mueller has the record for assists since he's been playing since 1972. Oh, no, in the season. In the season. Oh, in a season. Yeah, in the season. Year? Yes. Oh, good for him. Good for him. Um, yeah. Then it got Coleman. Coleman's played. Well, Coleman scored the only goal for the UEFA Champions League match. Good goal too. Um, then Gnabry, then Gnabry got Coutinho off the bench, and then I think I'm missing someone. I'm missing. I'm probably missing somebody, but just their attack in general. Oh yeah, even Perisic too. Even Perisic. Like I'm saying, I forgot about even Perisic and how good he is. How mm-hmm. the, the two. He's two-footed, uh, set-piece specialist. This this talent from top to bottom. This team is amazing. Even if they're going to lose Tiago next season, and they and I hear rumors that Alaba might leave, but still, I don't think Alaba is going to leave unless they're just like, yeah, we don't want to pay you. Which I don't know how that goes in soccer because usually when players leave, it's usually about money. I feel like. Uh, yeah, when a team could use when team's going to pay you more. Yeah, but I mean, if you're Alaba, I mean, what's the point? Like, why? You're 28. You're still young. You already got your young, championship. Got your Champions League trophy. You're still one of the best defenders in the world. Uh, you're on the best team. There's no real point unless they're just like, hey, I want to get paid this much, and they don't want to cough it up, then leave. But exactly that's yeah just so you're, yeah, you're 28 you're young you got your championships go for the money yeah because honestly with this team if they you know if they sell Coutinho which they're going to do because it makes no Coutinho, sense. Coutinho will be either going back I think he's on a two-year loan well I know I think he's going yeah, back to Bar- the Barcelona he, he was on a loan yeah I don't know if it was two years I think it was just one year so I think he's either going back to Barcelona unless Bayern wants to buy him which I doubt they would buy him. How weird is it that Coutinho is like where he's at right now? Like, what a story for that guy. Yeah, it, it is all. It all started when he didn't want to play for Liverpool anymore. He sat out of practices. He demanded to be transferred because Barcelona wanted him. And little did he know that he was making a mistake. Uh, there was actually a report that Klopp told him that. The grass isn't always green on the other side. That you want to be playing as much as you went to Barcelona. If there's a manager that you just should listen to, it's Klopp, right? Yeah. If there's any manager in the world that's going to give you solid advice and you know it, like Jurgen's going to tell you. 
And but look, uh, selling Liverpool for I mean, selling Coutinho for Liverpool was a blessing in disguise because the money they got from Barcelona, they used to buy Virgil van Dijk. And that showed up their main weakness was their defense. They used the money to buy Virgil van Dijk and Allison. So two integral players to that defense. The funny thing and that's what they were missing. The funny thing is, is that I really think that Coutinho actually somehow in one way or another ends up on PSG. I just have a feeling. That's usually a natural progression. It's usually it makes um, sense. usually from Barcelona or Real Madrid. You feel like you were one of those uh, teams. You go to Bayern Munich. If that doesn't work out, you go to PSG. It's, it's been yeah. usually a natural pro- progression. Yeah. Or Manchester United. You go to Manchester United. Yeah, it's the Hamas Rodriguez um like storyline all over again. Yeah, it's literally Hamas Rodriguez all over again because it's like both of these guys were world class at one point in time, and then they just like keep bouncing around clubs, and it's just like, what's going on with that guy? Once Hamas Rodriguez left Monaco, went all downhill. Once um Coutinho left uh, Liverpool, it all went downhill. Speaking of uh, Rodriguez, where is he? Real Madrid. He just doesn't get. He just doesn't play. Tough. <laughs> Tough. Tough man. Um, last question: When it comes to uh, uh, PSG, what do you do if you're them? Because you're riding this wave. Um, you have the best young player in the world by far. Uh, debatably, Mbappe is like a couple years away from uh, being mentioned in the conversation for best on the planet. What do you do if you're PSG? I need to buy a striker. Buy a striker and get another creative midfielder because they also had problems. I mean, I know Verratti wasn't completely fit, but they also had problems creating chances from their midfield. Um, Their midfielder Paredes, um, Paredes and Herrera wasn't really getting it done. No. In terms of, in just terms of creating chances. So I think they need to just get another creative midfielder. So Coutinho could be Coutinho. I think that's why I said I think Coutinho fits. He's he's also best friends with Neymar, so that's that helps. Mm-hmm. And then get a striker, get get a uh, get a physically imposing striker, because Mbappe is best when he's paired next to another striker. He was best with Giroud on on the French national team. He's best with uh, Radamel Falcao on Monaco. Yeah, that's that's where he's best when he's paired next to a physical striker. You don't have Cavani anymore. That's what I. Was uh, Cardi didn't get it done. Need to get another big striker. Yeah, that was the name that I was uh, that I was instantly thinking was if there was ever a, a guy that they really needed, it'd be Cavani. Cavani would have made the most sense. Yeah. yeah, but Cavani wasn't playing anymore, leaving on a free transfer. And Thiago Silva is leaving as well, so they of course need to get a replacement. Kempembe is good. Um, Kawasi, I he's leaving the Bayern actually. So Kawasi, their young nineteen-year-old prospect, is leaving the Bayern, so he's out the question. So yeah, they need to they need to get another center back as well to help with that. Marquinhos has been great at the de- defensive midfielder position, so keep him there. But just in case, Verratti is very injury prone, so just need another creative midfielder for when he gets hurt. Mm. And I'm not saying if when because he always gets hurt. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, I think um, I would agree. I would actually say that they need. Um, uh, I agree with the creative midfield because I think that. Um, Marquinhos seems pretty settled in that defensive midfield role. Um, I, I, 
I really think that they need to look uh, at what they need to do when it comes to Di Maria and Neymar. Because to me... Um, oh, I have no problem with Di Maria. Di Maria has been great. Di Maria was pretty trash uh, during... At least be, at least outside the final, he was, yeah, to be he fair, was great. To be fair, everybody was trash in the final. I think the, like, the only player yeah. that played decent was like Thiago Silva. Like That was it. And... Uh, yeah, I just think that they need to figure out like whether because something's obviously not right when it comes to um, when it came to this game. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was just a one off. I don't know if uh, if I would just take the chance of just running it back and hope hopefully they get, um, you know, back to the final, which I don't think that they will. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you just roll the dice and just like bring in another creative midfielder. Hopefully Coutinho uh, comes to your team and then just. You know, Lottie freaking da, but uh, I think they need something else. I think they need to decide whether they want to roll with Neymar and uh, Di Maria or if they want to just like roll the dice on it. Do you think they need a new manager? No. I like Thomas. Personally, I like Thomas. I like, I like Thomas Tuchel as well, but I don't know if he's right for that team because I think it's the Real Madrid thing all over again. You don't need a tactician as a manager. You need a guy that just can handle personalities. You need a guy the players will respect. I agree with that, but if I'm not going to say that after coming off of a Champions League final and winning your league, I'm not going to sack my manager for that. True, true. That's understandable because honestly, winning a French league is not <laughs> it shouldn't be a serious accomplishment for PSG. So no. If if he's based off that, it shouldn't be. It should be based off how he does in the in in Euro- European leagues. Yeah, and let's just end it on this. I'm very depressed to say that Hector Bellerin has been linked with PSG, and that just breaks my heart. He's been injured like is it, doesn't he get injured like every five games? So nah, like, who cares? Like I'm, I'm sorry. Like, who cares? Like, he's a good right back, but he's he's never playing. I love Hector Bellerin. I love him. I, I, I love him. Like personality wise, he seems really cool as well. But he just never plays. So he does. But when he plays, like we need him. <laughs> That's yeah. <the> thing. <laughs> when he plays like five games a year. Hey, we hey, need, hey, want, hey, we need those five games. All right, we need those five games <laughs> desperately. Oh, well, we're talking about uh, teams needing five games. We can talk about uh, teams that need seven games. So there, we already had. A couple sweeps. I've already predicted the Raptors swept the Magic. Yes. And we just had just recently, um, an hour before we started recording this podcast, about an hour or two, give or take, uh, Celtics sweep the 76ers. Which I predicted. I just um, and <laughs> Okay, yeah, you did. The, but you also predicted that Portland will beat the Lakers. I, um, we're watching. We're watching one. the game right now. It's two, but the score is thirty-eight to fourteen right now. Listen, as we're watching, that's why they call it Dame Time. It's that second half, baby. That fourth quarter. As, right as you said, I just dropped the three. But Dame is also has a dislocated left finger. Well, yeah. While it's not a shooting hand, if you're a shooter, anything that affects your form is vital. So yeah, especially when you're pulling up from ninety-five feet. Exactly, and I I knew eventually for the Portland Trailblazers is they give it their all to win a game. Yeah, you might say that's a positive, but I could also look at that as a negative because in a seven game series, eventually the players are going to get gassed. 
because they are giving it their all. Because talent-wise, from top to bottom, they're not as talented as the Lakers. I mean, well, Lakers really only got two players that are world beaters, but outside of that, they kind of lack lack the depth. But those two players are transcendent. Yeah, well, listen, and the, 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 the Lakers really just don't know who they are. And you can just see that when they're playing – you know, Dwight Howard, 16, uh, 16 to 20 minutes a game when he's really just a huge liability out there. Um, you, know? you really think Dwight Howard's a huge liability? I actually think in those spurts, he's good. If you play him 30, no, but no, he's 20. He's if, incredibly if you play him like 20 minutes next, I, he'll give you blocks, rebounds, putback points. No, <laughs> no. I, every single time I watch Dwight play for the Lakers, I'm just like, yeah, this is the most inefficient 16 minutes like we could have ever got. Because like he's great on the rebounding uh, side of the ball, but honestly, he's very overrated defensively. He's a liability on the offensive line uh, on the offensive uh, side of the ball. And if you're talking about putback points and stuff like that, that's what Anthony Davis is there for. That's what Javale McGee, who I think is just uh, the plus side of Dwight Howard. I think Javale McGee is just better than Dwight. I don't even know why they play Dwight if Javale is going to be out there. The back, you need a backup center. He's the backup center. They really shouldn't even be playing Javale. Honestly, they should be playing Anthony Davis at center and starting Caruso or but Anthony Davis doesn't want to play center. That's the problem. He does not want to play center. Well, he, he plays – suck it up. <laughs> he just he's been, up. He, That's the way to win he's the been series. Pl- he's been playing center – he's been playing the center position in more sets, but he doesn't like to start I at mean, center. We saw it in game now two. They're using Markeith Morris a little bit more. Listen, we saw it in game two, right? Game two uh, – for those who don't know, game two, Lakers versus uh, Portland. They played uh, They played Anthony Davis a lot at center it, during that game. Obviously, he didn't start at center. JaVale still did. But when they were playing him at center, I mean, he was unstoppable. I mean, that's the way to beat the— Yeah, I I, I said it, I said this when uh, he got traded to the Lakers. They, they'll be great if he plays his center position because no one at that center position can guard him. Yeah, because you remember, I mean, yeah, me and you both agreed that the way to beat the Blazers is not by LeBron scoring, uh, you know, 40, 30, 50 points. If the, you know, the Blazers are looking at LeBron, LeBron's just like, listen, I'm going to drive through the rim every single time and, you know, try to get a 50 bomb on you. The, the Blazers are going to be like, all right, cool. Yeah, don't play us with Anthony Davis. We'll just shoot all the threes known to mankind. Yeah, and then for the Blazers, unfortunately, Zach Collins was out for the rest of the season, and he was the best player equipped to defend Anthony Davis because he has the quickness and the length. So they've been using Wenyan Gabriel, who has not really been playing before this series. Yeah, he's he's been cooked. Yeah, he's been cooked. He was like the next like player, at least the physical profile to at least. Still slow down Anthony Davis a little bit. Yeah, listen, as but much, he he couldn't. Listen, you know that I'm Dame Train all day. You know that. You know I'm Dame Train all day. But yeah, you can't. Uh, Wenyan Gabriel, you can't really play him. Mario Hazonia, you know how I feel about Mario Hazonia. I've I've trashed him every single time. No, yeah, he is trash. He is trash. I he's still a, don't know why he's, he's still. Man, he's. Bad. If he wasn't a lottery pick, if he wasn't a top ten pick, he wouldn't be in the league right now. I don't even think he's playing because of that. I think he's playing because there's just no depth to this roster. They're just like, yeah, we got to get Hazonia. Who else are we gonna play? Well, not so little, huh? Not so little. I agree with that. But is he even suited up? Is he even in the bubble? He's in the bubble. Is he? Um, like yeah, like I told you with Ter- uh with Terry Stotts, he does not like playing rookies. I think when Ian Gabriel was just literally because he has to f- literally because he had nobody left to defend Anthony Davis. That really bothered. And he had the physical profile. 
that really bothers me because now he's playing like Anfrey Simmons, who hasn't, who also has not been good. Um, yeah, he's still young. He, I, I like his potential, but yeah, he's not like, ready yet. I, I don't like his potential on this team because it's just like you drafted another guard when you have two. He kind, he kind of duplicates a lot from yeah. what you have with Gary Trent, McCollum, and Lillard. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but um. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to change my prediction, unfortunately, especially if Zach Collins is injured. And if, I mean, you're gonna have to now. <laughs> yeah, Mario Hazonia is about to get like 20 minutes a game. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. <laughs> I'm gonna have to trade it at the end of the day. Um, a for effort, though. I'm still gonna give Portland one more win because I think Dame has another 60 point game in him just to like take a precarious team to a victory. I think you know what I, I say that was the only win. Lakers in five. <sighs> I got Lakers in six. I'm changing it. Changing it. Changing. Lakers and six. Lakers and six. Hey, I, I wanted you to take their hot tr- hot take, and just for uh, the listeners that didn't know, since uh, we couldn't really upload that last podcast, JC predicted the Portland Trailblazers would win in seven. Listen. This is before the series started. He predict predicted the Trailblazers to win in seven. Hey, just like the Mavericks are scaring the Clippers, I thought Portland could do the same with the Lakers. All right, I thought. All right. Hate me See, or I don't know. Care. It's fine. I know the Lakers weren't playing for real during the regu- the bubble regular season. I'm sorry. I knew they were slacking off. Real talk, if the Lakers play uh who are they playing? Houston? If they win. I think it's Houston, right? Uh the if 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 the Mavericks beat the Clippers, they'll be playing the Mavericks. If if no, Clippers beat the Mavericks in Houston advances, they'll be playing Houston. Wait, so round two they play Clippers Mavericks. Um round round that two. Okay, so actually, no, I messed up on that. Yeah, they play yeah, Houston or yeah. the Thunder, right? Mavericks are the seventh seed, correct? Yeah, Mavericks yeah, are the seventh right. seed. They'll play they'll play the lowest possible seed. So let's say if uh Nuggets are the sixth seed. No, Nuggets or Jazz? They can go by lowest seed. Jazz, Jazz are the sixth seed, correct? Jazz are the sixth seed, yeah. Yeah, so if Jazz beat the oh, Nuggets, too. which looks like it's going to happen, so Jazz beat the Nuggets. Hey, I call that upset. I'm just saying. I call that upset. I was, I'm going to say that. I mean, you called it, but I won't even say it's an upset. I think both teams are pretty evenly matched. Literally, the, the difference in record was by a couple of games. It was just... We didn't still have a, I guess, full eighty-two game season to separate that, but difference in record I mean, was literally a couple of games. Series because game two and three were. Uh, I, th- I, th- I thought it was going to be a close series. I was wrong. I was wrong. I thought it could go either way, but hey, the talent of Donovan Mitchell, th- yep. this series, he's been. You could argue he's been above the bubble MVP right now, and Conley is finally turning it on. Like his teammates, I think were joking for him to have more kids because he was lights out shooting. I, I would, I would say, uh, if I had to do like first round MVP, I would probably give it to Luca over over Donovan Mitchell because well, oh, I, I, oh, I agree with you. I agree, but Donovan I agree with you. Very close second because that fifty point block yeah. he dropped, he looked like I know everybody has he's, said he, it, he, but he literally looks like like Dwayne Wade. Like it's he's crazy. averaging over fifty a game right now, I believe. He is averaging over 50 a game. He, I don't think he hasn't scored 50. He scored at least 50 in every single game, or at least, I think at least 45 plus. That's not true. <laughs> that's not true. I don't think that's you true. You sure? I'm, I'm about a thousand percent sure. I'm looking it up right now. I'm almost positive he has only scored 50 once. He's been amazing 
Oh no, he scored fifty. He scored, he, he scored fifty-seven one game, and then he scored like fifty-one the the, the most recent game. Yeah, he scored fifty-one yesterday. Um, but yeah, in the previous and he scored fifty-seven in the loss. Yeah, he's probably probably hovering around like 35, 36 points a game, something like that. Yeah, but he's been yeah. Well, like I said, we've been he's been taking his scoring to another level. Yeah, Gobert has been good as well. Conley. And Conley has been good. Yeah, I've been trying to tell you, man. Conley and Mitchell work. It works. It does. Well, yes, work. they're working now. I guess they just had to work out the kinks in the regular season. You, they finally turned it on. They, they know, like, this team knows exactly who they are. They're just like, all right, we're going to put the team on Mitchell on Donovan Mitchell's back. I almost said Mitchell Robinson. Don't know why. Um, Rudy, protect the rim and also don't talk to anybody because everybody hates you. Joe Engel, smack threes and annoy the other team. Mike Conley, do what you need to do when Donovan Mitchell doesn't have the ball. And then we still have, you know, other guys like Bojan and Jordan Clarkson to just jack 40 footers that nobody likes. This team knows who they and are. And then with the, then the Nuggets, the Nuggets are dealing with a lot of injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, Gary Harris is hurt. Will Barton is hurt. They don't really have much depth. And one thing that a lot of people don't really talk about, they're giving Michael Porter really important minutes. Really important minutes. And, like, he's basically a new player on their team. He just started playing with them, like, this week. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> he's, 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 like, he's he's almost, he will be, is he, would he be a rookie next year? No, he's, I think they had something in the bubble where if your first games, no, he played, he played before he played, the bubble. Yeah, he played before. But Bobo will be a rookie next year. Bobo. If you play in the bubble, you'll you'll be counted as a rookie next year. Okay, yeah, the that, that, that's what I've that's what Adam Silver said. Yeah, and that's the other thing. Bobo really hasn't played, and I think that I don't know if he would help them or make them worse. No, he he's too raw right now. Yeah. He's too raw right now. Yeah, I don't think he's ready for playoff basketball just yet. But um, yeah, they are giving Michael Porter really important minutes. Um, uh, Monte really hasn't been that good. Monte Morris, he really hasn't. Uh. He's been starting for them. I don't know why. I don't know if they have like an injury somewhere. They have no depth. Yeah, Gary Harris. They have no depth. Yeah, yeah, Gary Harris. That's what it is. Yeah, he's yeah. This team is just basically like, hey, uh, Jamal Murray, we need you to be the second best scorer, even though you're one of the most inconsistent players on the team. But we need you to. But he, he's been scoring. He he dropped fifty three the yeah, last in the 50. loss. Yeah, he dropped a fifty bomb. But um, yeah, it's just uh. He just doesn't have no scoring help. It's just him and Jokic right now. It's just their their team is bare bones and, and Millsap sometimes, but their team is bare bones right now. They just got yeah. bad timing. So because yeah, yeah. of that, Jazz are winning. Yeah, I will say this: they have um, though they're they're this is a scary team for next year. Like if Porter can kind of um, maneuver his way into being like this really great scorer that we think he is, and figure out how to play some goddamn defense because he just doesn't play D. Um, if they can, I mean, this is a scary. Which team. is why Jeremy Grant gets preferred. Yeah, yeah, but they. Yeah, I, this is a good team. This is a good team that was just caught at the wrong moment. That's how I feel. Except the Jazz are legit. The Jazz are legit. Do you think the Denver Nuggets have potential to be the first seed next season? In the regular season, I'm not talking about the playoffs. Oh, in the regular season, just have the best record in the regular season for the West. I will say. Um, who are the free agents this year? Is, it, is there a big big name free agents this year? Mm, no, nah, I don't think nah, so. Not right? that I know of. Yeah, yeah, they they would be talking about them more if they yeah, if they I think, were. Um, I know Anthony Davis is a free agent, but he's going to resign with them. But yeah, he's he's resigning. Yeah, I don't think that there's any major pieces. So if there's no real like movement in the West, I can absolutely see the Lakers just not taking the 
uh, taking it as serious as they did this year. I can see LeBron kind of taking a seat back from Anthony Davis. Um, the Clippers, depending on what they decide to do. They could have the best record, the Clippers. Could, the, I would say I would actually probably give it to Denver. I would say Denver might care a little bit more than the rest of the team to get the number one seed. So I could see it. I can. Yeah. 100%. I could see I could, I could see it as well. I could see uh, Jamal Murray being a solid 20, 22, 23 game scorer. I could I could see that. He's taking the next step now. I think he's being more consistent. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing for him. It's all about it's all about consistency. If he can stay consistent, he can be a very solid point guard. Or shooting guard or whatever guard he decides to be. So for the series, do you see the Nuggets winning another game? No. Or you think Jazz Jazz got no, it? No, I think that the Jazz have their number personally. Um especially, you know, I think that uh was it yesterday? Yeah, last night. I think they had they had a chance to go out there and get it. They just really didn't get it done. I just think that uh Utah just knows who they are. They know what to do, they know how to kind of just get over the hump of this team and I think that they figured them out and I I think it's over. Plus no home court I, advantage. That's another thing. Definitely no home court advantage. I see Denver Nuggets going out. Utah Jazz, I say they will win in six. Mm. My original my original prediction was Nuggets will win in seven, but I said I won't be surprised if Jazz win because I feel like it could go either way. But I say Jazz is going to win in six. I think Nuggets will pull never win out. I don't see them going out in five. Yeah, I think I said Jazz. I think I said Nuggets in six, and then you told me Gary Harris was injured, and then I said Jazz in seven. And uh, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Um, I thought that they would. I thought that the Nuggets would be a little bit better, but like you said, they're just riddled down with injuries. Yes, they are. And also, another team that advanced is the Miami Heat, who also swept the Indiana Pacers. And this is a surprise to me. Look, I thought the Heat would win, but you. in the sweep. I told you. <laughs> what do you mean you told me? I got the. I had the Heat in the prediction. No, I said the Heat the were going to Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I said the Heat were going to sweep. I said I have a bold prediction. I thought that the entire Eastern Conference was going to get swept. I thought that Milwaukee... The Celtics and then well, you're wrong about Milwaukee one surprisingly. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a second because I I that was pissed. But um, wait, did the Heat sweep? I thought they played tomorrow. Yeah, the Heat just swept. Oh, they played literally. literally they finished right before we started our podcast. Oh, perfect, beautiful. Yeah, I I said it before and I'll say it again. I even like this Pacers team. Like I really like this Pacers team. Um, I really don't like uh, Marcus Turner. I think that this could have turned out differently if they had Sabonis, but. I'm not going to lie, dude. I like Miami and Toronto as the Eastern Conference finals, man. I love Miami. I love this team. And with the series, um, like I said, he swept Pacers 4-0. Heat won the fourth game and fourth and final game, 99-87. to Jimmy Butler only had six points. Jimmy Butler was nursing an injury, so he wasn't 100% out there, but he was still providing good defense. Goring Dragic had 23 points and five rebounds. Um, Bam Adebayo had 14 points, 19 rebounds, and six assists. And Tyler Hero off the bench in 32 minutes with 16 points. Wow. So wow. it's it's proven with even without Jimmy Butler, this team can still get it done. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, right? Um, one Duncan Robinson, right? Duncan Robinson who it feels like every single time he shoots a three, it's money. <laughs> yeah, and he only had five points. But here's also the other thing. He's 
not just a shooter. Like he does a lot of other things like really, really, really well. And he initiates the offense. Well, pretty much everybody initiates offense for the Miami heat, but ain't, um, and JJ and uh, Duncan Robinson's like a JJ Redick type of shooter. As I yeah. mean by that, he's not like just a regular static catch shoot shooter, role player. He's a shooter that moves around, that constantly moves around. Like you know the guy who playing a pickup basketball game, who you know got a jump shot, but he'll just you'll just have to chase him everywhere off ball, and he'll tire you. He's annoying because you can't take a breather. You have to keep chasing him and chasing him and chasing him. And you're gassed. And when he catches you slipping, he's wide open for a three-point shot. That's how Duncan Robinson is. So because of that, even if he's only scoring five points, he just takes so much energy out from the person defending him and just causes so much causes unrest for the whole defense because they have to attend for Duncan Robinson, which leads other players open. It's the Steph Curry. It's what I say the Steph Curry effect. Because Steph Curry does that a lot for the Warriors, just constantly moving around. The defense always has to key on Steph Curry because they don't want him shooting threes, which leaves other players open. Yeah. Um, the other thing is too about this uh, about this Heat team. I don't know if he played, but Kendrick Nunn has not played. Like he he played a little bit. He played fourteen minutes. He played like towards the end of the game. Um, like uh, well, what they said he what's going on. COVID, he had he had, he had he, oh, had, he had COVID and he had a serious case of it. Oh shit! So he was yeah. So he was he had to leave the bubble. Um, you yeah. They say it was just extremely like like yeah. He just got it extremely bad and he just wasn't completely fit. So Spolstra didn't trust him mm. to to start. So like towards the end of the game, he got he got his minutes. He scored seven points in fourteen minutes. So he did decent. Yeah, I mean. If he if he starts playing, I mean, then the Heat are like legitimately like ten deep, which I don't I think that's probably a little bit more than what you want. But I mean, ten deep for this rotation. I mean, you're talking Butler, Adebayo, Dragic, Robinson, Crowder, Hero, Igadala, Jones, Olenek, and then you add Kendrick Nunn to that. I mean, this team is like monstrous, man. It's it's just it's wow woven too perfectly. And to be honest, if you replaced like Jimmy Butler or Bam Adebayo with like one of the top stars, like we would easily be saying that the Heat would be the favorites to win the chip. Oh, no question. Yeah. No question. Like let's say if Kawhi Leonard was in place of Jimmy Butler, yeah, how be- different is this team from the Raptors that won? None. Probably with Kyle Lowry, but they have a yeah. Bam Adebayo in this place. Yeah, I mean yeah, this team is just really good. <laughs> this team is really good. I don't understand why more people are not saying that the Heat are going to go deep. Yeah, because no, no big names. No big names. And outside of Jimmy Butler, um, Bam Adebayo, he's one, was one of the favorites for most improved this year. So before that, he was like a fringe starter be- before. Fringe starter, starter. six man. Cause, yeah, because yeah, Hassan Whiteside was like the starter, even though Bam Adebayo kind of took a position later on. Yeah. Um, so, but no one never expected him to be a all-star. No, no one ever expected him to be that. Mm-mm. Goran Dragic, um, some people thought that he was getting past his prime, that he wasn't as good as the sun scoring Dragic. Duncan Robinson and Kendrick Nunn were for them G League. Mm-hmm. Iga, I mean, Iguodala wasn't, Iguodala just came on his team. Tyler Hero is a rookie. Kelly Olenek, just a three-point shooting role player. Jay Crowder has been inconsistent for the past couple of years. So, there's a lot of players on this team that people have written off or people has never really known about. Yeah. 
So it's just hard to say this team is going to go to the finals or go and go to the Eastern Conference finals when really the only household name on this team is Jimmy Butler. Yeah, and the only reason why he's a household name is because he talks trash. And, well, that and because he's also a, a multi-perennial all-star as well. Perennial. He's also a perennial, perennial all-star. all-star. But mostly known for, you know, Philadelphia and Minnesota <laughs> and Chicago. Yeah. 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 But you talking about a team that is deep. Well, we're talking about the Toronto Raptors as well. To me, the Toronto Raptors are the Miami Heat in, st- uh, in steroids. They got you know they got everything Miami Heat has, but better. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess let's just start it off with the guy who just seems to keep getting better as, um, like every single year ever since he's been drafted and Fred Van Vliet shout out to my, um, my, uh, my shockers at Wichita state. Cause goodness gracious, man, he's been unreal, unreal. And he's going to get overpaid. Well, he's actually going to be a free agent. He is going to get he, overpaid next be, season. Do you think, all right, let me ask you this for real. Like, honestly, because this season I looked up his stats before this too, because it's kind of crazy. So this year he's shooting, uh, he has averaging 17 and a half points a game, four rebounds, 6.6 assists for the season. Um, not that great um, if, from the field, 41%, probably because he only shoots three. It's, it, yeah, it takes mostly three. So. 39% from three, 84% from the line, very good efficiency, uh, got a PR of 16.3. I mean, honestly, if, if you're paying, like, would you be mad if you paid him 120 a year? Like, I wouldn't. Pay him 20 million a year? 120 million, like for four years, like a four year deal. So, a 30 million a year deal for Fred Van Vliet? I mean, that's pretty normal for this. Like, you want to talk, you want to talk about, uh, you know, no, <laughs> no, dude, how many 20, other- million, 20 million? I'm giving the side eye. No, I love Fred Van Vliet. Mil? But- how many My. players are getting paid 20 mil? Because he knows it's a recipe for disaster. Nah, fam. If I'm sorry, dude. If, Who's if, to say he's going to get these if, stats on a different team? Tobias Harris is making 47 million at the end of his contract. Frank Van Vliet can make hey. 30 million a year. Hey. Be, I mean, look, look. Dude, for Tobias yeah, Harris, the, playoffs, the, for the, the thought was for Tobias Harris, he's a 22 a, a game scorer and he was young. He was a consistent 20-a-game scorer for the Clippers. No one ever expected him to be this trash for the Sixers. So yeah. even though I thought he was overpaid anyways, but given his age and how good he was at scoring, I could see why he gave him that contract. But four Fred games. Van Vliet. Four games in the first round. Twenty-one. Fred Van Vliet is 26 years old, still in the prime, 25. still in his prime. He's 25. No, he's 26. He, he just turned – well, he turned 26 in February. Yeah. So, so he's 26 years old. He's still in his prime, but really, he's not even I mean, he's, if, he's a couple of years away. Well, okay, or he's, say that. or he's like entering into his prime. No, I say during his prime, but I mean, he's an undrafted player. Never thought he was a four-year contract until he's 29, and he's still in his prime. I would absolutely do that. But look, he was a before before this season. He was a backup. Even though he was a very good backup, he was a very good six man. This is his first year starting. And he's been great. Yes, but he's been great for the Raptors. Exactly. If you're the Raptors, who's to say, up. Who's to say he'll be this good on a different team? Why would he leave? 
You don't think that the why Rockets? Would he leave? You don't think that the Rockets? Because like, like, like you said, why would he leave? Like you said, if a team's willing to pay him thirty mil, I would leave too. Shoot, you don't think the Raptors will? No, the they're not thirty mil. Listen, Ibaka and Gasol are off contract. Uh, Kyle Lowry's the only one who's actually making money. Siakam doesn't get paid for another two years. And but they also have to save up for Siakam. Just have, have to keep him in mind. By the time Siakam is due for contract, Kyle Lowry's contract will be done. So you think they should keep Van Vliet over Kyle Lowry? I would pay thirty mil a year for Van Vliet. Van Vliet in four games in the first round when he was already having an unexpected season. He's if you do it for a full season, if you've been doing it for more than a couple seasons, because he's been getting it done in the playoffs. This is the second year in a row where he gets it done in the playoffs. Twenty one. Eight re- eight assists, four rebounds, one point three steals on fifty six percent shooting from deep, fifty two percent from the field. I'm, I'm yeah. This is this this is the third year in a row where he's performing in the playoffs, and I'm a surprised, and I can't be surprised anymore when it comes to Van Vliet. Yeah, I mean Van Vliet's been good, but he's a six foot point guard. I'm not paying him thirty million a year. I am not. I I feel like that's a trap. I feel like that's a trap because if you get put him on a team where he has to be more the focal point, let's say the Knicks, if the Knicks gave him that contract where he has to be the focal point, where he has to do most of the scoring, that's going to be a recipe for disaster. If he can do, he can do most of the scoring for the Knicks. They're not going to get better, but he can do. So he's going to be the main focal point shot creator. If he, and the Raptors, he's not the number one option. He's the number three option. So that's how he's, he's the, he's, he's the number two option right now. Okay, you got Siakam, Lowry, and there's Van Vliet. It actually debatably throughout the first round. He was the first, he was the first option. Well, yeah, you can say, but for the Raptors, they alternate. They got four players that could give you at least 15 points a game. And Siakam, Van Vliet, Powell, and Lowry. Four players that could give you at least 15 points a game. And even Ibaka. And you could say Gasol as well. And, and even Ibaka. Ibaka was getting him 20 points a game. And, and Ibaka as well. Yes, and Ibaka. Mm-hmm. So you got to say that's about what six players to give you at least fifteen points a game. So oh, they can alternate between that. I think Van Fleet benefits. Well, see, with, that's with the thing. That. That's the thing when it comes to Toronto. Toronto is about eight men deep who can get you fifteen a night. You just don't know who's coming from. Yeah, because but look, Arkansas they're, they're, can get it to you. Terrence Davis can get it to you. OG Kyle Powell Ibaka Siakam. I mean, but you really wouldn't pony up thirty mil. You really wouldn't do it. I don't like paying thirty mil to anyone. I'm definitely not giving it to Van Vliet. I wouldn't give it. I I, I was saying in the last podcast. I would not give thirty mil to McCollum. You'd pay a hundred thirty million dollars for, for Gnabry. You'd pay a hundred thirty for Gnabry. So, but like, that's a, this is a completely different sport. This I is a salary cap. I want this is a completely know, different sport. I want people to know how. <laughs> I want people to know how you think you'd pony up a hundred thirty for Gnabry, and we wouldn't pay thirty mil a year for Van Vliet. It's Who a completely different that? sport. This is a salary cap. Who this is a salary that? cap. <laughs> I'm, I'm just basing off the off, off the markets, and I think 30 million for Van Vliet's recipe for disaster. Now, if I'm like, let's say the Suns, the Suns, because the, the rumors are the Pistons, Knicks, and Suns want Van Vliet in a free agency. If I'm the Suns, I'll pay him 25 mil because I think for the Suns he'll be great, and I think the Suns, this is a missing piece for the Suns that would that would add to that team. The Knicks, the Knicks have too many holes where Van Vliet is definitely not going to thread the needle. Van Vliet is not going to take you to the playoffs. Nobody, so why am I paying him 30 mil? Nobody 
first of all, that would go to the Knicks. Let's get that out of the way. Um, that's legit. For, you know, for in the- New York, in Manhattan. I mean, look, they've honestly, got James Dolan as owner. But if, honestly, look, if I'm Fred Van Vliet and Toronto's like, hey, we'll pay you $27 mil a year, which I think is completely normal, I think that they absolutely will pay him $27 mil a year. The thing is, I don't know if Raptors – I think Raptors will pay him $20 mil, but I don't think they'll pay him more than uh, that. Listen, Ujiri is a savage. Let's get that out of the way. Ujiri is a savage. But do you think he's like that much of a savage to not even offer Fred Van Vliet 20 – He'd definitely give him twenty five. There's no way he doesn't give him twenty five. Okay, I can say twenty five. No way, at he most twenty five. But he's not, he's not going past twenty five for Van Vliet. He has to because a hundred million. Because uh, like honestly, in today's market, right, where Tyler Johnson is making twenty million a year for the Heat, or where and and everybody agrees that was a huge mistake. Yes, that was. The, it's a huge mistake he, he, giving that money to people who haven't proved it. Fred Van Vliet has been proving it that he is he's reliable. He's reliable, and at the end of the day, you got to overpay reliable. You got to overpay for a three, a guy who is going to give you consistently great minutes and who's a good three point shooter in today's age. The thing with that Tyler Johnson contract is that Tyler Johnson just had perfect timing because his contract came up during that that during when they just approved um the salary cap, the higher salary cap. So teams were going crazy with everybody. Timothy Moskov had $18 million a year. Um, Kemp Thaysmore had $18 million a year. They were going crazy with everyone. After that, that's when teams started to chill. Like, you know what? We are going way too crazy. We're giving the undeserving players like uh like Alan Crabb and Kemp Bazemore at these huge contracts. So we're not gonna do that anymore. I we're gonna give a play like Spencer Dinwiddie like eleven million a year. Yeah, which that's forgot. it. I completely forgot that they gave Kemp Bazemore like a dumb contract. I completely forgot yeah. about that. Everybody everybody got dumb contracts. Everybody. They were just throwing money everywhere. It was just that year. But after that year they completely changed and they realized that they were just overpaying everybody. Yeah, and Lou Alding totally deserve that whatever how much you got yeah but now this is but now the problem with the nba is that the stars are getting star players are getting paid at least 30 million but then the role players are not getting paid that much role players will get paid players can pay like 10 million role players are getting paid bank uh, you see what you know what's the i said since Spencer did when he's getting paid 11 million a year uh, let me think. Like Gobert, he got his contract. He got his contract last year, and he was still a scorer last year. He was still a bucket last year. Um, isn't like Gobert? Gobert got his contract before he popped onto the scene. Go, Gobert's an all star player, though. Go, go, Gobert's an all star player, player in an elite rim protector. I mean, he's an all star caliber player. I'm not even just talking about just if you're on the all star team. He's an all star caliber player. He's the arguably the best defensive center in the NBA. He deserves. He deserves Steven at Adams. least $30 billion. He deserves max. Steven Adams? I'll say $20-25 billion. All I'm because saying, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name six players that are gonna that are making near, like, between that $25 to $30 million range. I'm going to name all of those players, okay? And you're going to tell okay. me whether Fred Van Vliet deserves it more than them, okay? All right? Cool. All right. Cool. All right, let's do this. Tobias Harris, obviously. Obviously, he deserves Tobias Harris money, clearly. If we're talking about Tobias Harris before this year, I'll say Fred Van Vliet doesn't deserve it more than him. But Paul Mills I mean, this year has just been absolutely terrible. But they didn't give him a contract based off this season. They gave him the contract based on how he was before. All right. I, I just, I'm going to say this name, and then I also want to point out Damian Lillard in 2024-25 is going to be making $54 million. And he's worth every problem. single penny. He's worth, he's worth every single penny. $54 million for the year, dude. That would, oh, my God. That hurts my soul. <laughs> 
Is it like Steph Curry's contract? You're paying for his also his marketability as well because he's making that money back. Steph is in Steph, revenue. Steph isn't even making fifty million for it. He's getting paid stupid. No, but he will, he will be, I believe. No, I think his contracts. Uh, first of all, shout out to Basketball Reference. Um, okay, great, great website. Uh, Steph will be making forty, forty three, then forty five. Yeah, and, he's, and even that he's severely underpaid because he's so marketable that he makes so much money for the Warriors. Hey, he's a number one play, paid player in the NBA. He's fine. I think it was like a billion dollars for the Warriors they make. So yeah, and he, 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 he so over exaggerated number, but he's fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's set, but you could pay Curry fifty million a year, and he could still be underpaid. True. All right, Paul Millsap, Kyle Love, or Kevin Love. Sorry. Oh, Kevin! Look, you're giving names off timing. When they got their contracts, LeBron. He got the contracts because of LeBron. Nikola, and there was a bunch of. Does he deserve to get paid as much as Nikola Vucevic? Yes, Nikola Vucevic. He's the reason why they beat the the Bucks that first game. He's getting paid twenty eight million a year. Nikola Vucevic is a beast. He just plays for the Magic. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So you would give Fred VanVleet one hundred twenty or one hundred. He's so how much Nikola Vucevic has total? One hundred million for over four years. I'll give it to Vucevic over VanVleet. That's fucking crazy. I love Vucevic. I mean, Vucevic is a twenty and ten player. Listen, Vucevic has been an absolute monster for like the past like what since two thousand and like fourteen or something like that. He's been averaging like twenty and ten. So I want I want I want to make that clear. Like I respect Nikola Vucevic. I think he's amazing, and I think he should have left Orlando a while ago. But I would definitely pay Fed Van Vliet just as much. Over Nikola Vucevic? Not over, but I would definitely pay him the same. No, no, it's craziness. It's crazy. See, you you are underrating Nikola Vucevic. No, I'm not. No, you're underrating Fred Van Vliet. <laughs> That's Nikola Vucevic is a match, is a mismatch nightmare. He could he could score from the outside, score from the inside. He's gotten slimmer. He can play defense now. Fred Van Vliet was the leading scorer on debatably the best team in the NBA. That this team is like the Pistons. Everybody, everybody is at least above average on that team. Yeah, and he's playing like Chauncey Billups right now. I would say that's more Kyle Lowry, but we agree. Kyle Lowry on that wasn't one. even that great. Like Kyle Lowry was good. Like don't get me wrong, he was good, but he wasn't like Fred VanVleet was way better than him in the first round. Well, Kyle Lowry, well, Kyle Lowry affects more than just the stat sheet, but he does affect more than just the stat sheet. But that's what I'm saying, like. Fred Van Vliet was better than Kyle Lowry. He just was. Is there any more players that uh, you have? I, gotta, I logged off the screen because I was yelling. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. I already said Kevin Love, right? Otto Porter. Oh, yeah. Well, Kevin Love was because of LeBron. Otto Porter. And they gave the contract because they wanted. Oh, Otto Porter is overrated. Yeah. Okay. Van Vliet. I mean, I thought that was a bad contract in the first place. So, so they so the Wizards gave Otto Porter that contract. So I believe he had 50, 40, and 90, or at least 50, 40, and 80. He was shooting over 50% from the field, uh, 40% from three, and he, was, and he had a good free throw shooting. He was super efficient. Even though he's only averaging like 13 points a game at the time, but the Wizards thought, like, you know what, this guy could be the third piece to Bradley Beal and John Wall, and unfortunately, that didn't turn out. And and after he got the money, just completely sucked and got hurt. Yeah, I don't know what was 
And he was also like It didn't even make sense at the time. The time. What are you doing? Like, why are you paying I think for potential? You never pay for also potential. during the year of the of the salary cap spike. I feel like that was was it the same year? Yeah, I think it was that same year the salary cap spike. I, I think don't it was understand also how he got paid. That's the one thing because aren't people like from that draft class still on the rookie contracts or like just getting off? Oh no, no, no. He's no. There's players should be long removed from the rookie contracts from his draft class. Maybe. Oh, oh well, but anyway. his draft class is like 2015. I believe two thousand yeah, fifteen. It had to be. So I believe I was a senior when when he got drafted. That's two thousand fifteen. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Well, anyway, um, I don't listen. I would pay Fred Van Vliet. You wouldn't. That's the end of that's the end of the conversation because I do want to get um, to Milwaukee in just a second, but I have to talk about Dallas because I think both of us had the Clippers. I had the Clippers in five, to be honest. I had the Clippers in five, I believe. I, I had Clippers in six. Yeah, that makes sense. But did you think that the Mavs were going to be this good, especially without uh, Porsche God, as I like to call him? Well, Mavs had statistically one of the best offensive seasons in NBA history. Mm-hmm. So I said if they were to beat the Clippers, they were just going to score like 130 every single game. Yeah. And they're just going to have to outscore them, which they, they have been doing. And Luka Doncic has been just been out of control. No one can guard him. Kawhi can't guard him. Um, <laughs> playoff P yeah. can't guard him. Playoff P. Yeah. Um, Beverly can't guard him. No one can guard him. Yeah, that's a, that was probably the craziest part that like Kawhi was actually like taking him like really seriously, like defensively in uh, in Game Four, and. Uh, Luca was like kind of looking like the best player in the world for like a hot second there. And uh, honestly, that night he was the best player in the world. 43. I think he had like 17 rebounds or something stupid. And uh, video game stats. I think like 15 assists. Yeah. Like something like that. Something ridiculous. And um, yeah, he was literally just taking any shot that he wants. Literally like 2K shit. Just whatever he wants. Like, oh, fade away from the from the left corner, let's do it. Uh, you know, top the key, let's let's get it. 30 feet, no problem. And that step back three hit for the game winner. I wasn't even surprised. I, when I saw that step back three, it was like, he's going to hit that. He is going to hit that. How long until Luka Doncic is the best player in the world, do you think? Because it's coming. That that day is going to come, like whether it's Giannis or Luka. Like, how long do you think? Seeing how much you improve in the first or second year, mm-hmm. it might be... Might give it two years. It's going. It's definitely going to be him, him and Giannis. Yeah, him and Giannis are one and two. You don't think Lamelo? I said that Zion could be that, but no, no not to the level of Doncic. No, yeah, I, I, um, I mean, me and you have been high on on Doncic ever since, ever since the draft. But um, ever, ever since Spade, I've been high on Doncic. Ever I, since Real Madrid, I didn't think he was going to be this great this quickly. Because it's crazy that he's playing like legit playoff like minutes and performing like an MVP on a well, huge he, stage against a really he, good team. You got to say this to Doncic. This is like, even though this is the first time that in the NBA playoffs, he is experiencing in playoffs. He experienced high pressure situations. But you got to admit, so it's the thing when you're going up against not only like a team that we, I personally thought was just like a bad matchup for the Clippers. If the Clipp- Clippers were obviously like running full speed, but, um, uh, you know, you have Kawhi Leonard, who's debatably one of the best, you know, wing defenders of all time, like guarding 
guarding him. I thought it would have been a problem. I thought it would be too, but it's with Doncic. It's like the same thing with Dirk. Dirk just had the unguardable fadeaway. Yeah. Doncic has the unguardable step back three. He has he has enough size at six eight. He has enough length, and he just that step back. He just knows how to create enough space for him to pull off that shot. And you just can't defend it. Kawhi, Paul, well, playoff P. I mean, um, Beverly, APB. like you can't defend it. Yeah, APB out for Paul George. He sucks. He's god awful. I don't know. Like need a milk carton out for would him. You pay, he, would you pay Fred Van Vliet more than Paul George? <laughs> at this, if if we're getting if it's if it's playoff P, Paul George, I definitely play Fred Van Vliet more than playoff P. Yeah, to be honest, I think I would rather start Mario Hazonia instead of Paul George. I, at this point, I. Still don't get why he he and, and the thing is no one gave him that nickname. He named himself Playoff P. Yeah, you know what's the sad uh, part though? The sad part is is that like um, the Dallas Mavericks demise is literally going to be Paul George having that forty point night because that that game is going to happen whether we wanted to or not. You you think so? Uh, I've been watching Paul George. He cannot buy a bucket. No, he can't right buy now. a bucket, but, like, everybody has that 40-point. He, he doesn't look confident. No, he because he, he just doesn't look confident. I can't see him just uh, getting that confidence 40, back in a couple I, of days. Maybe not 40, but I guarantee you he get, he's going to have a 30-point game, 100%. I I put my bottom. You, I put you a, see I put it. I don't see it. He. I'm. I'm just watching Paul George. Like you just know. Like do you have some days where you just don't believe in yourself? Even like <laughs> when you know you're good at something. That just seems like Paul George right now. Yeah, I just don't think he believes in himself. I mean, I'm not gonna say that you're wrong because you're actually kind of right. But I think he's. He, I think they're in his head. Like the playoff P thing. Like everybody's in his head right now. Um, like just even seeing him on social media, him making excuses for why he didn't. He did a. Uh, beat the Blazers last year or explaining other past playoff series. He is making excuses. He's, he's explaining to random people on social media, people like you and me on social media of like, oh, yeah, I was hurt that game. I was getting shots. It's like, why are you doing this? Like, you can see, like, he is going through some things right now. Yeah, go yeah, go kick rock. And then he, needs to, he, needs to, he needs to get that out of his head and focus on his game. But I think he's just not believing in himself anymore. Yeah, um, I want to send a quick shout out to my U of M fam because the fact that Trey Burke and Tim Hardaway are playing like they're in that Michigan National Championship game like they played in. Like, I don't understand how many teams gave up on Trey Burke. Shout out to the 76ers because he probably could have saved you guys a game or two. And Tim Hardaway Jr., shout out to the Knicks for being trash. Also, he was on the Knicks. Yeah. Well, Bur- Burke was on the Knicks too. And Burke's Burke was on playing the well for the Knicks. Burke's killed it. Yeah. His debut. Yeah. He's been. Yeah. But for some reason, they still want to play Nilakina and Dennis Smith over him. Yeah, and uh, shout out to Seth Curry for not getting drafted because that's still funny to me. <laughs> I don't know how he didn't get drafted. I don't care if it's Seth Curry, uh, Dev Curry, uh, Chet Curry. If the last name is Curry, draft him. Yeah, it's just like he's hey, going to be able to shoot forty percent at least. Yeah, I'm sorry. What did? Uh, yeah, Seth was a. I think he was like a forty-three percent uh, three-point shooter in college. It's like they looked at him and just said, "Do we need another shooter?" Now nah, we're good. And then they just didn't select him. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, All right. But the question is, do you have an APB out for Paul George? <laughs> do you do you think that he'll? Um, do you think that it's just the series, or do you think that this is going to be a running theme throughout the playoffs? For Paul George? So you're saying if the Clippers make it out this series. So that's what you're saying. Oh, you think that they might not make it out? I'm having my doubts, honestly. Right now, oh, I'm having my doubts. Wow. If Luca plays 
uh, like this and KP Christos Porzingis is coming back, I'm really having my doubts. I, I feel like Kawhi Leonard is just going to be like, you know what, man, screw this. I'm going to just take put the team on my back. Why does it seem like he had more help with the Toronto Raptors than he did with the Clippers? But all these household names, he had more help last year. That's a fantastic question, to be honest. I think that um, Patrick Beverly not playing is a pretty huge deal. I think that the fact that um, – I don't know why Montrez. I think is Montrez hurt. Montrez has to be hurt, right? play, but offensively he doesn't really give you much. No, he doesn't. Well, Montrez. Montrez Harrell hasn't. I mean, well, Montrez Harrell. He didn't even play the last game. Yeah, granted, he hasn't played for like four or five months, so he's yeah. just not completely fit. So he was going to give you that much help either, even if he was playing. Yeah, I think that. But um, Paul George, um, Marcus Shaman, Morris, Landry Shamit, Landry Shamit, Reggie Jackson. I don't know what Landry Shamit is doing. Yeah, well, um, they, they barely play him. But Reggie Jackson, Reggie Jackson, like, he still got. But like, Reggie Jackson, I'm not gonna. I, I I am a Reggie Jackson apologist when he plays in Detroit, and ever since like the last year, I kind of just been on his ass. So I'm gonna leave him alone. But he was actually pretty good. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say anything bad about. Well, him. anybody from Boston College, I'm an apologist for. So like, I like Reggie Jackson. Yeah, but just still, it just seems like he had more help. In Toronto than he did in LA. Well, the thing is about Toronto, not doing anything. Yeah, it just seems like um, they had this idea of uh, like you know they're t- they're all role players. They all kind of just like play for each other. Oh, then you add Kawhi and then Paul George, and they just thought it was going to work, but they didn't really realize that oh, Paul George is going to be ass, and uh, <laughs> you know, Lou Will is still going to have to pull. You know, oh yeah, Lou Will. Lou Will was Lou Will was great. I mean, Lou Will has been still. the second best player on the team, which is just like, yeah. hey, Paul George, weren't you like third in MVP voting like last year? Like, what are you doing? Like, what's happening right now? I'm still trying to figure out why is his name? Why did he name himself Playoff P? I still don't remember anything about Paul George doing anything significant in the playoffs. I know he had that Pacers team, but that did not earn him the nickname Playoff P. Yeah, how did he? How did he name himself Playoff P? Where's the game-winning shots? Where's the big plays? Regardless, I'm just gonna say terrible name, terrible name. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the worst name I've ever heard. Yeah, it's awful. Sorry. I mean, it, it definitely is, but still. Yeah, let's Playoff P. Yeah, Playoff P. I honestly, I hope he gets eliminated for you for calling himself that. I don't know. If, I don't know if you've seen the videos when uh when they were when. When George uh, Mello and Westbrook were on the Thunder, when uh, when the media members said playoff P, and then Mello and Westbrook looked at him and like, wait, playoff P? It's like, wait, is that what he's calling himself now? It's like, oh, that's gross. And then Westbrook was like, like look, hey, Westbrook, yeah, uh, Mello asked him, was like, Westbrook, like, I don't know. Yeah, Westbrook probably. And then, uh, and then, uh, then Mello, and then Mello asked one of the media members, was like, wait, Paul George gave himself that name? <laughs> And like they were just they were just joking about it, like playoff P. Oh, God, it's gonna so like gross. what did you do to earn that name playoff P? You can't give yourself a sepulchral name. Charles Barkley said it best. They don't call him Championship Chuck. <laughs> they don't call him Championship Chuck. He that's, never won a championship. That's so mean. That's so mean. He said it he, he was a lion though. He was a lion. Goddamn respect on Chuck's name, man. Put some damn respect on No, Charles Barkley said it himself. He said it himself. He said he don't they don't call they don't call him he said it himself. Oh, he like said they it don't himself. call oh, me. That's great. Okay, yeah. He said like look, they don't call me championship Chuck. I love that. That's great. That's <laughs> but it's like you can't just give yourself names and and not back it up. 
All right. Final question before we get to Milwaukee. Um, you said that you have doubts. So do you want to change your prediction? Do you want to have the Mavs winning this? Or are you going to stick with the Clips? I, you know what? In the beginning of the season, the Clippers are my favorite to win the championship, the NBA Finals. But this more I watch them, the more doubts I've had in my mind. You know what? I'm going to do a hot take. I'm going to do a hot take. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Mavericks in seven. Ooh, interesting. Doncic will have a Damian Lillard type showing where he'll knock them out off a either a buzzer beater or a late late game shot. I think that Porzingis being out was pretty telling, and um, I I really don't know because I really can't see the 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 Dallas winning this, but I really just. I can't bet against Kawhi Leonard. I really, that's all it comes down to is that I've seen Kawhi be pushed into positions and then he just gets out of it because he's one of the best players in the world and one of the best playoff players ever. So I'm still going to roll with the the clips. I'm I'm going to say clips in seven. I'm going to say clips in seven. Clips in seven? Okay, okay. I just felt like I had to have a hot take. And you know what? I don't even think it's that hot of a take because realistically, like, like I can see Dallas just winning the next two games. I really can. They're that good, and the Clippers just need to figure out. Like, is Playoff P really the best name for Paul George at this point, or should we change it? That way, we have a better chance of winning the series. Milk carton, milk carton P. I think that that's is, the appropriate that name for him. So much worse. But anyway, speaking of milk carton P, because he's he's definitely missing. Yeah. Can't find him. Let's um. You know, let's talk about some good nicknames like the Greek Freak. Solid train. Okay. A plus for me. Okay. Uh, the Greek Freak. All right. The Greek Freak. So Orlando gave them a scare. Everybody overreacted. That's how I felt, at least. Everybody overreacted and said that, oh, are the Bucks going to be really bad? And then they've uh, right did it straight. Um, I didn't overreact. It's one game. So I will say this I didn't overreact. By saying, oh, the Orlando are going to push this to like six games or something. I did overreact in the sense that I don't know if Milwaukee is my favorite team anymore. I could agree with you on that one because I changed my pick as well. Yeah. Uh, I want to hear your pick after this. But I, the more I watch Milwaukee, the more I'm like, is the more I'm like, man, should I have voted Chris Middleton in for third team all NBA? Because I don't know if he's the guy to take over when. You know, they're doing what they've been doing to Giannis the whole time, which is pretty much think, taking away the lane and forcing him to shoot I, from outside. I think this has been a, like a theme with Chris Middleton in the playoffs. He usually he usually kind of sucks in the playoffs, at least from what I remember. Yeah, I mean... I could be wrong when we check the stats, but just from what I remember, he never really he, plays that well in the playoffs. Well, Chris Middleton is the kind of player where it's like if he drops 30, you're like, oh, my God, he dropped 30. But if he drops 10, you're like, oh, my God, he's kind of sucks because he's always really quiet. Um, yeah, he's, his game is not flashy at all. It's not flashy. And he's actually a pretty solid defender, too. Um, yeah. But, yeah, like he maybe maybe that's what they need is just like a louder personality than Chris Middleton. Because like for an example, Chris Middleton in the last game had 17, eight and six. And he also had a plus minus of plus 30. So obviously he was like insane. Granted plus minus isn't the greatest statistic ever, but um, I mean, obviously he had a phenomenal game, but I watched that game. And to be honest with you, I, <laughs> I 
completely forgot he was playing for half of it. I think that's just Chris Middleton in general. Like you said, it's just sometimes it's don't notice. Like, oh, he got 32. Yeah. And oh, yeah, he took the most shots in the game. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I like Milwaukee. I don't, I don't think that uh, – I don't know how I feel about Milwaukee when they go up against a team like Toronto where they're just like, yeah, we're going to jack up all these threes against you and you can't do anything about it because you have Pat Connington and DiVincenzo playing really important minutes for you. And we're just going to clog the lane so Giannis can't do whatever he wants. Yeah, the thing with with yeah, the thing with uh, Milwaukee, do they have enough players to create their own shot? Of course, you got Giannis. Of course, you got Chris Middleton. But yeah, like you said, you clog the lanes with Giannis. And the thing with Toronto is they got two guys that have enough link and athleticism to at least slow down Giannis and Pascal Siakam and OJ and Awobi. and actually three guys to Serge Ibaka as well. So yeah. you clog up the paint, and if Milton is not on, is Eric Bledsoe consistent enough to create his own shot and score the points for Milwaukee? Yeah, I think the fact that Wesley Matthews is, has been starting all these games is kind of um, – it's not like Wesley Matthews is bad. I oh, no, he's out. he's usually – he's a regular starter. He's usually the regular starter, but he's a three-point specialist. Yeah, but it's like it's Wesley Matthews. Like I feel like we could have just upgraded that before the playoffs for some reason. I don't know why. Well – He's basically the cheaper replacement for Malcolm Brogdon yeah. since he didn't want to pay him. So you got Wesley up. Matthews. Should have pointed that up. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like um, you know, this guard rotation on paper doesn't sound awful. Like Pat Connington, Dante DiVincenzo, George Hill, Kyle Corver. It doesn't sound awful, but it's also like you guys are running really small. Like really, really, really small and giving Robin Lopez minutes here and there. I don't know how I feel about this team going forward when they have to go up against, especially like if they go into the finals and they have to go up against Anthony Davis or they have to go up against um, who else am I thinking of? If somehow Jokic can get back there, like if they go up against any big man, I think they're screwed. So you don't, you don't have faith in Brooke Lopez in this defense. Brooke Lopez was my first team on defense. I love him as a defender. I just don't know how far this team can go in terms of like, like, cause you can't throw, Brooke Lopez out there for 40 minutes a game. You can't do it. No. No. He's not going to You play his brother for like like a quarter of that. You, play, you can play him for half an hour. You can play him for half yeah, an you, hour, but you can't play him. You can play, yeah. You can, play his, you can play his brother for like 15 minutes of that. Yeah, so it's like, um, yeah. So it, if you put in Robin, um, they're going to get destroyed by those bigs. That's how I feel. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know how far this team can go, but I can tell you this. I still have them going to the Eastern Conference Finals, barely, but I don't even know. Who are they playing? Are they playing the Heat? If they play the Heat, I might have an upset. I'm not going to lie. They'll be playing the lowest seed, so I yeah, it'll be the Heat. It'll be the Heat. Let me see. I'm, I'm looking this up. Playoff. Oh, we're just, I'm just, well, while, as we're doing the podcast, I'm also watching the Lakers and Portland game. LeBron literally just shot it from the logo. Did he Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Of course he I cashed it. It's LeBron. I don't even know why I asked. <laughs> it's LeBron. It's LeBron. But. Sorry, Lakers. Uh, Lakers. I think had like a record for most points in a first half with eighty mm-hmm. against the Portland Trailblazers. The score right now is ninety-one fifty-three in the third quarter. Okay. Okay. So, so yeah. So of course Lakers are coming out with this one. Okay. Lakers are yeah, so they, winning this game. All right. So Bucks will play the Heat next round. If I'm being a hundred percent honest with you, I think I have the Heat in six. So this is this is this kind of reminds forward. me of the Portland and Lakers hot take. 
for you for you yeah this is but for me this is a little bit more like i thought that dame was going to kind of ride that 60 point game momentum and into it and then get into the second round and then get eliminated by houston or the thunder whoever that was because i don't think he could run for that long of a stretch but this one i actually feel more confident in than the blazers lakers due to the fact that i think that the bucks do have a problem and it's and it's an obvious one and i think that the heat are honestly if the heat don't beat them the rock the raptors do because both of those teams just know who they are oh i say the raptors are going to beat the bucks the raptors are my team to go to the finals i will say this though the raptors and the celtics is a good series i think that a lot oh of that that could go to seven. That's a dangerous. That that's a dangerous series for 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 the Raptors. Depending, hey, on Jason Tatum is playing out of his mind. Yeah, I don't know. I think I had Tatum third team. Probably should have bumped him up to second team. The way he's playing, he's playing unbelievable. Well, he's been playing better in the playoffs right now than he has the regular season. Yeah, yeah, but um, not gonna lie, I and Jalen Brown too. Yeah, Jalen. Shout out to Jalen Brown. Shout out. Yeah, he's been great. The entire Celtics team has been great. I just really wish that Kemba was healthy. I really wish that he was healthy. Because if he was playing at 100%, I think that this would be a different Celtics team. I think that we would actually be talking about them making the finals. So who's to say that maybe, you know what, for the Celtics, they were kind of resting Kemba for this series because they they feel like, like, hey, we could get through the Sixers without Ben Simmons. But now we'll play him a little bit more against the Raptors because they need him. They haven't really been resting him. They, they they haven't played him complete minutes though. They haven't played no, him regular minutes. No, they haven't been giving him like crazy minutes or anything like that. But they're not resting. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's like the he he. I mean, he's getting starter minutes. It's not like yeah, but because I mean, he's not getting Brad Watermaker like they they are playing Watermaker like a lot, but they're still giving him like uh, I want to say like half an hour a game. Yeah, but not giving him like 35, 40 minutes. No. So, so you think they'll? So you they just still gonna play like thirty minutes a game against the Raptors? I don't know if they can. I mean, uh, I, I mean, I don't know because it's like it's not like he's been atrocious, right? He's not been atrocious. He's actually been really good. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's still their second leading scorer, but um, you know, he's just not been shooting that well. I don't know. Here's the thing: you can roll the dice with Boston next year. Genuinely, like I think Boston will be great next year. Like even if they lose Hayward, I think that they're still a really good. Oh, next next couple of years, yeah, yeah, for the next couple of years. So honestly, if it comes to the point where Kemba is like like gonna get re injured, I think I would just deactivate him completely and just call it. And the fact that the Celtics still have a lottery pick this year is just still funny to me. It's like they seem like they got a lot lottery picks for eternity. Yeah, but that's because um, they have the greatest GM. <laughs> History oh yeah, comes to drafting guys. <laughs> He's been playing chess. Right? Everybody's playing checkers. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. Watch that. Their Celtics pick is like the only good pick in the lottery. Just saying. It could be. It could be. But like, yeah, I do want to talk about the lottery. But I want to say we're my finals prediction now. Oh. I got the Raptors going to the finals against the Lakers. And I yeah, got the, the Raptors Lakers. winning. Yeah, I, I still got the Lakers. I got the Raptors winning. If I well, I say I won't be surprised. I won't be surprised at the Rockets because I still hire the Rockets. But I got the Raptors winning the I, finals. I have the Raptors as well. 
and I'm going to put a little asterisk by this because I still think the Clippers will win, but I will say whoever wins Dallas Clippers goes to the finals. That's how I feel. Oh, really? That's how I feel right now. So you can see Dallas going through L- the Lakers I could see, and the Rockets. I could see them going through the the Rockets or – because they play the same as the Rockets. They're basically just like who's going to make the most threes. And I think that I say Rockets are better defensively than the than the Mavericks. They are better defensively, but um, you know, and, I think and that would, Maverick that would be the got a skinny center. That is also which I also think that what's his name um, Porzingis if he um, if he does come back I don't think he's going to be injured for that long. Who knows? But if he comes back, I don't think he, he makes much of an impact against against the Rockets. I think he would definitely like in terms of, in terms of the size. Well, no, no, no. I lie because he he definitely destroyed them during the regular bubble, the regular season game, the bubble. He definitely destroyed them. Yeah, he'd be great in transition. But also, I will say this. Um, I don't know. I just have a feeling about this right side of the bracket. Like if even in the Jazz, like I have the like I like the Jazz against the Lakers, and I like them against the Rockets too. I like that. I can see, I, I can see the Jazz going to the yeah. I, I think with the Western Conference, I feel like it could go four or five ways. Yeah, and I love it because it's not the Warriors anymore. You you can you're not. I love it. Like you're not expecting the Lakers to go to the finals easily. It seems like it's actually competitive. It's a it's competitive across the league because if I I'm a I'm gonna name these teams like Lakers Rockets Jazz Clippers Mavs for the West Bucks Heat Raptors maybe even the Celtics if Kemba gets healthy could all all those teams could go to the finals and it's not crazy it's not crazy to say that no and it's amazing I love it I love NBA basketball <laughs> and before before the pandemic closed everything down I I felt like it was all open ended but. Now, because of the pandemic, players are getting back healthy now. You're seeing teams, well, except for the Clippers and the Nuggets, you're seeing a lot of teams with a full bill of health, and they're they're better than they were before the bubble. Yeah. So it's even more open-ended. Yeah, it's it's nice. It's just really nice to see, but it's also kind of bad if you're a gambler like me. You're putting money down on these series. <laughs> oh, so you use FanDuel and DraftKings and all that? Uh, I do use I do use DraftKings. I do use DraftKings. Okay. And also, I do. I bet on the Lions mostly though, because that's the best way. For you bet on the Lions. The Lions. The Lions. Oh, the Lions. Oh, okay, the Lions. I thought you said the Lions, like Detroit Lions. I know you're from Detroit, so <laughs> I, I, I like I, I don't want you to lose money now. Oh. Wow, that was very accurate, but I can't say anything against that because it's true. They're bad. Um, yeah, let's so let's talk about this lottery. Let's talk about this lottery because one thing has got me conflicted that nobody's talking about. How did Minnesota get the number one overall pick again? Same reason how New Orleans Pelicans got the number one overall pick last year. They don't deserve it. <laughs> that, that's, that's the thing with this lottery. Teams that don't really deserve it get the number one pick now. Honestly, it's so if you should, it's predictable. If you if you're, if you're going to give the number one pick to anybody, like give it to the Hawks or like the Hornets, like teams. That I mean, they can't control. It's where the balls roll. It's where the balls fall. No, it's not. Mark Tatum's got his hand somewhere. I don't know <laughs> where, but he's well, got somewhere. Well, we don't know. I mean, he could, but we don't know. I know. And I, I mean, in, in uh, NHL, it's in NHL. They seen. Uh, in the NHL, it was it showed it was rigged because he actually picked up the well. He actually dropped the New York Rangers ball there and then picked it up. Hmm. Didn't actually shake it or anything. But we we don't know with the NBA. I mean, 
rigged. It's rigged. Because I'm sorry. Like, Minnesota has had how many number ones in the past, like, five years? Three? Well, okay. Well, yeah, they got yeah, they Wiggins. Carl Anthony Townsend on this one. Yeah. It's like, how many more chances do you need? How many more chances until the NBA is just like, listen, we can't give you any more number one picks. I'm sorry. Like, this is it. And also, I, this is on the flip maybe side of that. Maybe this is their gift so they could get Devin Booker. Flip side of that, least. if they, they're not getting Devin Booker. There's no, I, don't, I don't think so either, but maybe that's the NBA's gift. Yeah. They keep Carl Anthony Towns there because they don't want Carl Anthony Towns to be number Anthony Davis. He's not Anthony leave. Well, first of all, he's not Anthony Davis. Um, but, I'm missing to leave. Just leave your team. I say let him leave. Screw him. I'm sorry, because I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If he goes into this season, I know that Minnesota is one of the worst organizations in the league. I get that. Um, but on the like, Carl, you got to get it done. I'm sorry. If you get whoever you decide to get, I think more than likely this will be Anthony Edwards at number one, and we'll talk yeah. about that in a second. If you get Edwards, I mean, who is pretty much going to be Zach Levine, um, less athletic, but pretty much the exact same player as Zach Levine. Uh, he, oh, he, hey, hey. He's just a nice old scorer. Anthony Edwards is not as good as everybody. He is much stronger than Zach Levine, at least. He's just an athletic scorer. That's all he is. I don't see anything else from, from Anthony Edwards. Do you see anything more? I, I don't see anything. I, don't. I feel like, uh, even though Anthony Edwards wasn't good defensively in Georgia, I feel like he'll be a good defender just because of his physical good, profile. He's not a good defender. Because he wasn't asked to be a good defender. He's not a good defender, period. I've never seen him play defense. I feel like if he coached, coach, because he didn't have to play defense. There's a lot of he players. A there's a lot of there's a lot of players who de- who develop these habits of just not playing defense. Like Michael Porter, for an example. Like Michael Porter has just not been playing defense, and I think that Anthony. But Michael Porter is also skinny. Anthony Edwards is built like a football player. I'm pretty sure the right coach should get him to play defense. All right. Well, we'll put it on this podcast right especially, now. Especially especially when you have D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns doing the bulk of the scoring load. I'm pretty sure you can, you can help him play defense. Give you he my, has the physical makeup. I'll give you my card if he turns out to be a good defender. That's how confident I am that he's not going to be a good defender. That's how confident I am. I'll give you, you my Okay. I need a car? I mean, you can take my car. It's not a good car, but I'll give you my car. I'll take anything. All right, cool. Um, yeah, I mean, him going to Minnesota, I don't. I think that first of all, it's a bad situation for him because he's going to de- develop bad habits again. That defense, why I'm confident that his defense isn't going to improve, especially in Minnesota. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know how I feel about Minnesota getting this pick. Do you think Minnesota is going to be good next year? Let's start there. I actually feel like they could at least fight for the AFC because after the D'Angelo Russell trade, they were a much better team. Yeah. It's like when they, when they literally, when they traded Andrew Wiggins, they were better. Even, even when Russell wasn't technically playing for that team yet, he was still in transit. They were just better without Andrew Wiggins. They, they finally played how, uh, how, uh, Saund- Flip Saunders son wanted them to play. Do you think and that was a three point shooting team? So you think that they're they're a five for the eight seed? I think they could fight. Yeah, it would probably be like a ninth, tenth seed, but I think they can fight for the eight <laughs> so seed. I think that they're going to be better than the Pelicans, Kings, Suns, Spurs, Grizzlies. I think Pelicans will be better. Well, it depends on the coach they hire. I think they'll be better than Spurs. Yeah, I'm gonna let you know right now. As bad as Minnesota's or been, as good, or as good as the Spurs, the Spurs will be better. Um, they have to be. There's just no way that they're not going to be. Um, I hope they're not. Let me classify with that. Um, I don't know. I just see the T 
T-Wolves maybe slipping to 12. That's what I see. I think that the Pelicans... And if that happens, if that happens, Sonas will be fired. Yeah. Because that team is too talented to be that bad. Yeah, because granted, the... Well, I mean, the entire Western Conference is just stacked. Like, honestly. Because you got the Warriors coming back. The Pelicans have a decent roster. The Kings have a surprisingly good roster. It's like, if any... Like, who's going to be the worst team in the West? Like, it's literally going to come down to... And it's sad to say this, but it's going to be the Spurs, Kings... And T Wolves that are going to be competing for the for the worst team in the in the West, which is so sad to say. But I'm so happy because we get a good draft. Uh, look, the T Wolves the T Wolves will be better than the Kings and the Spurs. I'm going to say they're going to be better than the Kings and the Spurs. I, I feel like D'Angelo Russell has made that team better. And really and look, that? I know you don't like Andy Edwards, but I think Andy Edwards is going to make that team better too. <laughs> Anthony uh, Towns, good enough. Anthony Towns. And Anthony Towns. Anthony Towns. Anthony Towns is a superstar. He just doesn't he's play defense. But he's, he's a superstar. superstar on a bad team who doesn't play defense at seven feet tall. Who played defense at Kentucky? That's what drives me nuts. He played really good defense at Kentucky, and he was really. You could, you could say that about James Harden. You could say that about um, well Westbrook at times. Because Westbrook was a good defender. UCLA. Say that about a lot of players. That come to the NBA, well, he's like not. Was a he like doesn't try anymore. It's just like you're on a bad team. You're on a really bad team. And, and that's, primarily and that's why how bad they are defensively. And now you're going to. That's why they need a coach. And now they're going to draft a bad defensive guard so they can play more bad defense. <laughs> that's why they might need a coach. Well, there are some mock drafts that have Lamella Ball, although I do disagree. But there are some mock drafts like Jonathan Javoni of ESPN. He had. Uh, he had uh, Lamella Ball as the number one pick going to a the Minnesota Timberwolves. A lot of people have him as the number one. So how do you feel about Lamella Ball playing with DeAndre Russell? I don't think that's going to work out. I'm going to say this, and it's a hot take. And um, I know I said praise about Lamella Ball. I don't I did a re. Uh, I was really looking through these prospects, and I was looking like, who do I really think are the best like five guys in Lamella didn't even crack my top nine. <laughs> He's so who's your top nine? Because I know Isaac Okoro is not in your top nine. Isaac Okoro is in my top nine. So okay, okay. So, so you seem like a, a Isaac Okoro hater. No, so. I am an Isaac Okoro realist. I don't like a lot of the players in this draft. I just want to throw that out there. I really don't. Um, but I have to be honest about who's in here. And Isaac Okoro, like if I didn't have Isaac Okoro in here, I I think I would be considered a moron. But um, at the top, I have Denny. I really like Denny's game. Oh, I, see on him. I haven't. I, I admit, I haven't watched him that much, so I can't really make a judgment. But you apparently like what you see. I don't. Here's the thing. I really don't like. This is the one draft that I can genuinely say I don't like. I, if I had the number one, number two pick, I would 100% trade out of those picks. Those are terrible picks. Like I don't feel confident drafting anybody. Which the, which the Warriors would do? Uh, the Warriors definitely should. They definitely should. Or honestly, if I was them, I would take a chance on Wiseman because it's a good culture. He, a Wiseman goes there, no expectation. It's just like just be a rookie, and I think that that would work out. I think that that's the best case scenario. But Denny, here's the thing about Denny. I love Denny's game. He reminds me of poor man's Luca, but he can't shoot. <laughs> that's a so poor man's Luca that can't shoot. So can't, like, what does that exactly really? Here's the thing. 
he it's not that his form is bad and it's not like he hasn't put good shooting performances on it's just like he's a really bad free throw shooter and he's also like he's just turned on at the end he just turned on that's not someone i want to draft but he's always shown promise that's the thing this was a guy who was like a bottom of the lottery had a really good year didn't really shoot that well and in a draft where it's it's just like you have lamello ball who can't shoot either like I would rather give it to Denny, <laughs> to be honest. That's literally what it comes down to. Because Denny, so have a guy that's not athletic but can't shoot. He's athletic. He's athletic. Can't really shoot but that if well. You, you compare Very, him to Luca. Luca's not really athletic. No, he's not. He's that just athletic. incredibly skilled. Denny's, Denny's more athletic. Denny's more athletic. Okay. Um, Denny is. Is athletic? As in athletic in the European leagues? Yeah. In Spain. Yeah. But when he comes to America. He's not athletic he's, anymore because everybody else is more athletic than him. Yeah, that's that's that type of athleticism I'm talking about. Yeah, but here's the thing: Denny plays for the best team in Europe, which we saw with Luca. That matters. He was the he was the MVP of the championship game. That matters. He was the go-to guy at a young age. That matters. He was not that good of a shooter, yes, but I think that he can improve that. His playmaking ability is special. He actually tries on defense, which I have a lot. Which. I'll get into with a later prospect. I just like Denny. I like Denny. If I had to choose a guy as my number one prospect, it would be him. Just because. And I know a lot of people don't like Denny. There's just an asterisk on so many guys. And if I had a bet with my Spurs culture, who to take, it would be Denny. I'm going to be honest, dude. I like, well, when Jonathan Gavoni had Draft Express, mm-hmm. I used to just watch all the videos of international players I didn't really get a chance to watch. Yeah. So I usually will get my my analysis from that. Mm. Uh, I'm gonna I have the SPM plus and I have the athletics, so I'm gonna do that with Denny as well. But I may have another yet, so I can't give an opinion on Denny. Okay. Number two all from what I, what I read for scouting reports. Got you. Number two is Killian Hayes. I got to watch Killian Hayes Ooh, a lot. Killian Hayes is okay. I love me some Killian Hayes. I love me some Killian Hayes. Uh, I think that Killian Hayes is probably next to um, next to my number three guy, who you might not. Who I, I know there's. <laughs> I don't know if you even know who this is. Devin Vassell. Do you know who Devin Vassell is? Oh yeah, I know Devin Vassell. Yeah, yeah, Devin Vassell out of Florida State, who's my number three guy. Those two players are the two players that I know for a fact are not going to miss. Like, I know those guys, they might not be the best players, but I know for a fact they won't be busts. So you don't say there's going to be at least role players. Yeah. You know there's going to be a, be a role play- Well, that's what I feel about with Isaac Okoro. Yeah. yeah. At least he's going to be an offensive player. Yeah. I, I just think that there's just too much. Like, Denny, in my opinion, has a very low floor. Like, at the bare minimum, he's going to be a very good playmaker who can play defense. And I think that shot can develop to the point where you can become a 3 and D guy with a little bit of playmaking. Killian Hayes, I think, can just be a ro- uh, very good point guard. I don't think he'll be like top 15 or anything, but I just think he'll be great. And Devin Vassell, again, a 3 and D guy, which every single team needs. And those that's my top three, just because I don't think any of those players can bust. That's my thing. Now we get to the place where I just don't feel comfortable, right? Number four is James Wiseman. Number five is Obi Toppin. So you don't feel comfortable with James War or James Wiseman or Obi Toppin? You don't feel comfortable with either of those two? I don't feel comfortable with James Wiseman, Anthony Edwards, Obi Toppin. That's pretty much it. Those are the three guys that I really don't feel comfortable with, to be honest. And then, uh, yeah, Anthony Edwards was number, what was that, six? Six? Yeah, six. Okoro at seven. 
I have Okora at seven. I have Okongu at eight. I have Aaron Naismith at nine, the guy out of Vanderbilt. I really like yeah. him. I really like him, and that's a Spurs pick. Hopefully he lasts until then. And then uh, – yeah, and then I have uh, – Lamella Ball right there, slid in at 10. So while you have Lamella Ball at 10, I just want to ask you. Lamella Ball could easily be the worst the worst ball brother. <laughs> like he can. Well, even over over Mello? I mean not Mello, uh, I mean uh over um the, the, the other the other one I didn't make yeah, that yet. Yeah, Jello. Okay. Jello. Okay. Yeah, okay. Jello. Um no, he won't be that bad. But uh I had to get everybody's attention. Lamella Ball is not that good. Like I was just finding that out. He's actually kind of really bad, and I don't know why he's getting all the. Bu- I get why he's getting all the buzz, but like, if there was ever a guy who had bust written all over his face, like let's look at Lamella Ball's draft profile. Right, he has all the measurables. He's six foot seven. He's got good length, kind of skinny, but you know he kind of has the swagger about him. He's a phenomenal playmaker. He rebounds. But here's the thing atrocious shooter and you know how i feel about atrocious shooters. yeah yeah he is atrocious bad decision making which can be improved but i don't I like this taking... decision making has improved a lot now than which it was not, earlier it's not a in his high school thing. career that's not a good thing though because he was a really bad decision maker but he's like still bad like on a professional level like he's still bad and it's not like he was playing in like the third best league in the world like he was playing in the nbl and that, as much as people like the NBL, it's still, it's still higher than college basketball. Let's it's be not, honest. Uh, no, yeah, let's let's be honest. It's not. <laughs> it really isn't. It's like it's above it, but like barely. I would still prefer you to go to the to the um, NCAA. Uh, actually, no, not really. Get paid. Go to the go to the NBL. Go get paid. But um, it's not that good. Doesn't try on defense at all. And even when he does try on defense, he's not a good defender. That's probably why he doesn't try. Uh, bad effort doesn't really give me a lot of effort. And we even saw that in the – you even see that in like his show and stuff like that. So bad shooter, doesn't play defense, doesn't give effort. That's like three strikes that I just can't have. And you're talking about – like Lonzo is a is not what we expected him to be. But at least I get 110 from Lonzo. At least I get that from Lonzo. I don't know if I um I don't get that. Well, I wasn't even say 110 because there was reports for Lonzo that during this bubble that he seemed checked out. I mean, I would seem checked out. It seem like he was all the way there. I mean, why would he like, be? He didn't, he didn't want to be there. It's the bubble. Yeah, but there's it, it was reports of saying that just that players are concerned that Lonzo just was checked out and didn't look like he didn't want to be there. Well, then that makes it even better for me because if that's what he's like, then I really don't want to draft Lamelo Ball. Because if that's a fan, which I was about to ask you, is the struggles of Lonzo affecting your opinion on Lamelo as well? No, my thing with Lamelo is Lamelo is I don't know. There's just something. You know when you have that gut feeling where you're just like, yeah, let's not do that. Like LaMelo just checks off every single box. Can't shoot. Doesn't try. I had that with Jan Vesely. Who? <laughs> exactly. Jan Vesely, who got drafted with the fifth oh, pick. Oh, yeah. Wizards, right, the Wizards, pick. right? The Wizards pick. Yeah, yeah. I had that with him. Yeah. Uh, I never really understood the whole Jan Vesely thing. But I don't know. It's like I've gotten five years out of LaMelo Ball. I keep saying he has potential and he just doesn't do it like 
I'm not going to say he doesn't deserve to be picked in the top five for potential, especially in this draft. It's like, if you want to take a chance on him, go for it. But like, if there's anybody who has like the high, like if I had to do a percentage of the top guys who has the highest bus potential, I mean, yeah, LaMelo's like probably number one. So you don't think his passing and his handle would translate? Because, look, he doesn't have a shot, and I agree with you, but I feel like he has a good enough handle. And while he doesn't have a shot, it's better than Lonzo's, better than his brother when he came to the NBA. Not really. In all honesty, it's better than the fact that that his form Mechanics-wise, sure, but in terms of, like, everything else, in terms of the ball actually going in the hoop, it's not. It's not better than. But for coaches, for coaches, like look, for coaches, as long as you got the mechanics, they can work with you on that. Okay, I just want to point this out there. I made a huge mistake, and I want to readjust my list because I didn't have Therese Halberton. I want to put Therese Halberton all the yeah. way up there at number two. I'm going to ask you about that. So I'm definitely high Therese Halberton. Yeah, I'm going to put Therese Halberton at number two above Killian Hayes, and Lamella Ball can hop down to number eleven. <laughs> Because I completely forgot about him. That's my fault. I love Therese Halberton. I think he's great. You want to talk about a guy who checks off every single box and a guy who I really feel bad for because I think if he would have had a full season, he might slip into that top five. But yeah, Therese Halberton is phenomenal. I think he's great. But yeah, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, if they had a, if we had a tournament, I feel like Therese Halbert. I mean, his draft stock shot up during the season, but he probably would have been a bona fide top 10 pick. If we had a tournament. Yeah, he's great. I mean, a uh, tall guard, shoot, can pass, has decent handle, gives a fuck. <laughs> um, yeah, he's... So tall guard can shoot, pass, handle, Lamella Ball? Let me be honest. Would you, I'm not saying that Lamella Ball can shoot, but I'm just saying, like, same, yeah, same type of player. Okay. Right? You're, tall guards. You're Charlotte, right? You're Charlotte Hornets, number three. Legit chance that Lamella Ball is there at number three. Legit chance. That Golden State doesn't take him. I don't think Golden State takes him. I, I feel like I know what I feel like would happen. Golden State is going to trade that pick to a team that would take him. Yeah, I could see like um, I I will tell you one trade scenario that I do see. I can see Detroit being like, listen, we need a point guard. Let's make a splash. Let's. Get I can see that, but who is Detroit going to trade? Blake. Why would the Warriors want Blake, a over a overpaid, injury prone big man, when they already got Draymond Green play that same position as well? Um, because Blake fits in with the new type center, a guy that just shoots threes and can kind of rebound. Kinda. Um, to me, I'm not paying. I'm not giving him that contract when he's only going. He play already like has that contract. Much. I mean, he already has the contract. You might. Well, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trading for that when he only has like what 40 games a year. You I'm not trade, trading for him. You wouldn't trade the number two pick for Blake Griffin in this draft. No, you wouldn't no. do that. You wouldn't just pay no, that luxury because, tax because I don't trust. I don't trust him to stay on the court. It, you don't need him. That's the thing. Really I feel don't. like it's going to be the Marcus Cousins all over again. And nah, like, look, the Warriors need, need a game changer. Blake would play more. No. You know what I would do if I were the Warriors? I'll try to see what the Sixers want to do. I'll try to trade that pick. They wouldn't do that to, to see for, for Joel and B. I'm giving you. Some, I'm giving you a team that's desperate. You wouldn't take Blake. That is craziness to me in this draft. This I, know I, wouldn't take, I feel like I feel like with that number two pick, they could get more than Blake Griffin. I, I'm more not taking Blake. A, more than a guy who made 13. I'll take I'll take Christian Wood over Blake Griffin. That is fair. Yeah, that's fair. But they can't get I don't, I'm, in the I'm not taking Blake. I'm not taking injury pro Blake. 
Okay. Okay. That's fair. I, you can't even trust if he's going to be healthy for the playoffs. Why would I take him? It's true. It's true. I don't know. I don't know. Why would you take him? <laughs> Why would you take him? Hey, you know what? I would see if San Antonio wants to trade. Uh, I don't tra- know. No, the San Antonio is not stupid. San, San Antonio is not stupid. No. No, they're not dumb. You don't think San Antonio want to trade a bad contract like Marcus Aldridge at this point, where he's getting older, uh, not not as good anymore, doesn't really fit in with what Popovich wants to do. Right. Sometimes it seems like he wants to be there. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, because I actually had a really hard thought about this. Do I want the Spurs to stay competitive for, you know, during this process? Because if this was any other team, they would have been traded house. They would have like last year, they would have traded uh, DeRozan. They would have traded LaMarcus and they would have just restarted. So it, the thing is like, do the Spurs want to stay competitive and do they want to continue to try and make the playoffs every single year? And I think, especially in this draft, because this is the perfect draft to just go up and just take a risk on a guy like Denny. Like, I feel like Denny would be perfect for for the Spurs to kind of just, like, have no expectation of him and kind of just tell him to, like, go do his thing and develop, right? I Yeah. I think that LaMarcus just helps a little bit, and LaMarcus still proves that year in and year out. You're right. At times, he it seems like he doesn't want to be there, but, I mean, he helps you win games. And I want that guy on my team rather than, like, because if we move up to two, right? In this draft, when there's so many like variables, we have all the guards that we need in this guard-heavy draft. It's like, who do we go and get at number two? Wiseman. We don't – that really doesn't make sense for San Antonio. It really doesn't. Like, if there is a guy that I would want to go out there and get, it would be like Devin Vassell. That would make the most sense. Or Denny. Go get a, go get a wing guy. Maybe even um, a guy like Obi Toppin since LaMarcus won't be there next uh, – the year after, because I think this year he has the team option. So after this year, you have Obi to like take over. But like, I don't want any of those guys <laughs> if I have to trade up. If I'm losing a Lamarcus Aldridge, I'm basically like putting myself into a rebuild. And I don't think that the Spurs would do that. I don't think it makes sense. Now here's a trade scenario I can see that that's likely to happen. Mm-hmm. I won't say likely to happen, but it could be very likely. New York is desperate. New York is really desperate. They got screwed in the draft lottery. And I know they would love to have LaMelo Ball, if not just for what he could potentially bring onto the court, what he could potentially bring in revenue. Okay, so what bad trade does Dolan get yelled at now? For what what if, revenue? look, I'm not saying this would be a good trade for New York, but I'm saying this could be a likely trade for New York. Because, you know, New York don't really make good trades. Mm-hmm. What if New York trade their eighth pick Plus Mitchell Robinson. Oh God! For that Golden State second overall pick. If there's a guy you shouldn't trade, it's Mitchell Robinson from the Knicks. <laughs> exactly, but it's the Knicks. That's what and I'm. And he's desperate for Lamelo. That is why. And, and, and the is, Warriors. I would want it. I would love to do that. I'll be happy for that. That is why I would say that I can 100% say see the Knicks making a dumbass trade like that. I can 100% see that. I can see that too. Yeah. And now, and that is definitely that'll be the best center Golden State has ever had in the last how how long? Ten years. Yeah, ten years. Yeah. Who who has been the last good center? 
even even before they even before Chandler the Curry was, Warriors. Yeah, Tyson Chandler, I guess. Oh, you're talking, about the, oh, you're talking about for the Warriors. Um, yeah, for the, I was, yeah, I was saying for the Warriors. Oh, like, the even Warriors, before. Yeah, it's literally Bogut. That's it. And he's better than Bogut. At least at least past his prime Bogut yeah, for the he, Warriors. Yeah, and he has potential. He has potential, too. Yeah. Honestly, if I'm, the, if I'm being really honest, unless Wiseman in this really weird scenario where Minnesota wants to run Cat at the four and, you know, they're just going to plug in Wiseman. I think Wiseman at number two makes the most sense out of everything. Unless they can somehow get a really ridiculous if, pick. If like, Warriors keep their pick, yeah, I say that. Yeah, unless they can get Blake, which I think is just a great option. I don't know why you're not into the Blake trade. I love the, no. Blake, trade. I love the Blake trade. Um, Damaged goods. I'll take it. Gold State loves damaged goods. Um, yeah, I think Wiseman is just a smart move. If I'm the Warriors, I'll just take Wiseman and call it a day. Unless it, there's a really good trade. I just don't think that their team's like – the main reason, like, if this was next year and the Spurs were in the same position, if this was next year's draft, I would 100% say trade LaMarcus or trade even DeRozan if this was next year. But in this year's draft, I just don't see teams wanting to move up, like, in that 1 to 5 range. In the, you know, in the 11 to 6 range, I could see a lot of movement fluctuating. But trading up for that much risk, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I I, I I see what you're saying, but the Warriors have a 17.2 million trade exception, and like, hey, Jesus. there might be a team that will be looking to dump a bad contract on them, even if it's a good player. I'm not saying Bradley Beal goes to the Wiz- to the Warriors, so I don't think it's unlikely to happen, but like a player like him, like 30 million a year, 30, 40 million a year, but it's a very good player. Mm-hmm. I can see a team wanting to do that with Golden State, and I can see Golden State paying the luxury tax. So like, look, you got Steph. You still got Steph. You still got Clay. You still got Draymond. They can still compete for a championship. They get another piece. True. So, so I say a trade's still likely to happen. Um, but to get back to your original question with Charlotte taking Lamelo Ball, mm-hmm. um, look, I love Devonte Graham, but hey, regardless of what you said, and like, look, I've agreed to an extent. Like, I really don't know what Lamelo Ball project as a player because I think he is a risky pick. He has a high ceiling to me, but also a very like he low a, floor is an oddly low floor that's what screws yeah. me out the most i'm like dude he could really be the bust of this draft like that's not a but I, say, thing. I say charlotte you just gotta take a chance because charlotte's been known as a team that takes safe players oh, they don't really take charlotte. they take safe good college players like i think you need to take a chance because man if, you need for, if you if you're drafting that high need to get a player that has possible star potential they already got the athletic wing players, so they don't need Nakoro. They don't need um, Obi Toppin because PJ Washington is yeah. kind of similar. Yeah. So I say you should take that chance. If you're going to take a chance, if Watson gets this pick number two, if then you should take that chance. If you're going to take a chance in your Charlotte at three, I, you might as well just take that chance on Denny. Honestly, like I would much rather put all my eggs in, my, in the basket of Denny than Lamelo, because. And on top of that, they need a. I mean, they don't really need him. I mean, they have bridges, but um, you know, getting a guy on on the wing like Denny, I think, would improve the roster rather than taking a risk in in Lamel. Yeah, I don't know. Every single time I say his name, I get like freaked out a little bit. I'm like, I'm really scared. So, what if Lamelo happens to become a star, and then 
the Charlotte Charlotte Hornets become like you know at the Sacramento Kings, and they're gonna be like, oh, the team that that passed over Lamelo, even though he was projected to go high for Denny, and then Denny just turns out to be average. I mean, listen, it's the same thing when it comes uh, to like Giannis. Like Giannis should have been the number one overall pick, but he he went to fifteen. Well, the problem with Giannis was there was very there was little to no game film about him. It was just workouts. I mean, so shoot, it's the same thing with Lamelo. He only played twelve games. But look, he has a whole high school. He had like a whole like high school catalog of his game. He has summer catalogs practicing with NBA players. Isn't that the problem? Had- Isn't that the problem though? Yeah. I have so much film on Lamelo Ball, and I still feel this way. I have so much film on him. I know exactly the player that Lamelo Ball is. I've never seen it, and that's awesome. But that also freaks me out. Like it freaks me out uh, that if I'm, 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 I'm taking a chance on possible star potential. Like I agree with you, he does have a low floor, but I'm taking a chance on possible star potential. So I'm wow. taking him. So if and you, this is a player that could play with Devontae Graham in the same lineup. So I mean, he can, but I mean, do you really feel confident that Lamelo Ball can turn into that guy, especially in the Charlotte Hornets organization? I'm not. I don't, I don't say I feel completely confident, but in this draft, I'm taking any look. And I'm, I'm. If I'm a GM, I'll be more of a risk taker. I'll take guys who I feel like could have all star potential. That's Anthony Edwards and that's Lamelo Ball. That's the two players I see in this draft that could possibly have all star potential. Like I know I'm, I want to go on my McKeecher boy Isaac Okoro. I feel like he get if he ever becomes, if he ever happens to become an all star, it's gonna be like a Kawhi Jimmy Butler way way you just never really could predict it. It's just that they have incredible work ethic, yeah. but just in terms of this natural physical tools and then just like game right now, I feel like LaMelo Ball and Andy Edwards are two players in this draft that have all-star potential. I'm not even that high on James Wiseman like that, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm more high on James Wiseman than a lot of people. I, I, like I get their concern, but I, I I don't know. I just think he's special. I don't think you get a lot of big men. No, I think J- James Wiseman can be solid, but just the thing about I don't like drafting big men that high anymore unless they're transcendent. Unless it's Anthony Davis. I mean, I don't, like, I don't like drafting big men that high anymore. That that's the thing about this draft. There's no guy in here that you can say to me 100 percent is going to be an all star. You can't tell me about any of these guys. About any of these guys, you're just honestly. How here. many drafts have we had that you had players that you know for sure is going to be all star? I mean, last Let's year we had go, Zion. Yeah, I was right. Zion. Year, yeah, yeah, but there, but there's not every year you're going to have that consensus number one. Twenty eighteen player, we knew Luca was going to be that guy. Not all of us knew. I knew he was, but Most not all of us. There was, even, still, there was still, there were still detractors that said he's not athletic enough for the NBA. Even even like Aiton, I remember even Aiton, I believe can be an all star. Like I can, I mean, yeah, Aiton, I, I can. I was so I was on Aiton. Yeah, I was I was pretty high on Aiton. I, uh, granted, I was also high on Trey Young too. Trey Young could also be an all star. But also, I want to say he was consensus. Cause I still have my doubts about Aiton. Like for example, for defense, I had my doubts about him. Twenty seven. So it's like Zion. 2017, I thought that – well, granted, I thought that this was the greatest draft of all time. I said that there was about six players that could – I was, was sold on Markel Fultz. I was sold on Markel Fultz. But then again, I still feel like if it wasn't for that shoulder problem, he would have been the star. I said that they should have took Lonzo instead of Fultz. I wasn't that high on Fultz. I said Lonzo – and coincidentally, while you said that, I wasn't that high on Lonzo. Yeah, I was, <laughs> while you're high Lamella, wasn't that high on Lonzo. Yeah, I was super high on Lonzo. Lonzo was overrated. I, I didn't understand like how people were like, yeah, Lonzo's the number two. I'm like, dude, Lonzo's insane. Um, 
but yeah, I thought Lonzo was going to be an all-star. I thought Tatum was going to be an all-star. I thought he was probably the most guaranteed, like, uh, I thought he had the lowest floor out of everybody, Tatum. I thought he was great. Fox yeah, I, I love Jason Tatum. The NCAA tournament with Duke solidified me on Jason Tatum. I love Jason Tatum as a prospect. I was never high on Josh Jackson. That's one thing I can say I was right on. I was. I kept watching Josh Jackson. I'm sorry. I was about to say, I can't wa- kept watching Josh Jackson in Kansas. Outside yeah. of athleticism, I couldn't find anything else that that stood out to me about him. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I I was pretty. High. I'm not gonna even try to front and say I wasn't high on. I was pretty high on him. I I liked him a lot. Um, defensively at least, I liked him a lot. And then yeah, he just turned out to be nothing. But De'Aaron Fox was he was my number three player on the board. I loved. Him. I liked them better than Lonzo. I did like De'Aaron Fox better than Lonzo. Yeah, I thought that there I was also a like Dennis argument. Smith though. Yeah. I was wrong on Dennis Smith. Yeah, I, lo- I like Dennis Smith. Dude, you and me both. I love Dennis Smith. I thought he was the next Derrick Rose. I really I did. I feel like Dennis Smith had mostly to do with work ethic because I think he could have been that good. Or just circumstances. He still can't. A trade to New York. I think he yeah. can be that good. Yeah. I think it's just circumstance. He just got unlucky. They had Mavericks having to draft Luka and he just kind of like lost his confidence and went to New York. Yeah, and um, even though a lot of people don't believe me, I was very high on Donovan Mitchell. I was very high on Donovan Mitchell, me personally. I didn't watch much of Donovan Mitchell in college in Louisville, so I couldn't really get a judgment. But just from what I've seen like from like reports and workouts, I did like him. I thought, like, okay, this guy uh, he's going to uh, project as an athletic defender. Mm-hmm. But I became completely sold on him when I watched him in the summer league. After that, I was like, yeah, this guy's going to be a star. Uh, yeah, before that, 2016. Uh, I'm only going to go two more drafts because I just wanted to prove to you that every single draft has this guy. Ben Simmons, Brandon Ingram. I thought both of them were going to be. Oh, yeah, ben, well, I would say Brandon. Oh, look, I love Brandon Ingram, I but him. I would say he was like a guy that was a for sure bona fide all-star. I thought he would be – he could have also just been Rashard Lewis at best. Ben Simmons, to me, was bona fide consensus. I thought he was going to be – not an only all-star. I thought he was going to be one of the best players in the world. I really did. I was so high on Ben Simmons. I thought he was one of the I best players like I've ever seen. I feel like the verdict is still out on that because I just feel like he just just happened to be in a bad situation with Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, 2015, uh, Towns. D'Angelo Russell, I was high. No, yeah, I get your guys. point, but like yeah, these, these just happen to be just. Ha- we just happen to have. I think we've been spoiled. We happen to have a lot of strong drafts these past five years. Yeah, but twenty fourteen Wiggins, Parker, Embiid, uh, and that was a weak draft. Yeah, but then twenty thirteen was the was the weak draft. That was the Bennett, Oladipo, Porter, Zeller. I didn't and, like any of them. And guys. you know what? The two thousand thirteen draft is what we have right now. This is what this is how a weak draft looks like. This is what we have right now. So we've been spoiled by having just a period of very strong drafts with potential uh, game changing generational talents that we forgot that there's also happened to be drafts where we don't have any generational talents. That was 2013, and this is 2020 right now. We don't have any generational talents in this draft. Well, in 2013, there was three All-Stars, CJ McCollum, Oladipo, and Giannis. So you're saying yeah. – I mean, I could see it. Well, okay, well, well, Giannis was a generational talent, but we didn't have any projected generational talents. Like, no one no one could predict Giannis. Yeah. And CJ McCollum's not a generational talent. No. Uh, and no one always going to be an all star coming from that draft. I don't see. I don't see it with any of these guys. I really don't. Like looking at them again, uh, I don't know. I just don't see it. Like I can see a lot of these players being very good role players, but I just don't like. I don't know if any of these guys just have it. What it takes to just 
take it to that next level. Maybe Aaron Nesmith, maybe just because. The thing is, with every draft, we never know. There's always going to be a guy that's under the radar. And I feel like with this draft, especially with the pandemic era, there's teams can't work these players out or have time to work all these players out. So because of that, I feel like there's going to be a lot of players that's going to fall through the cracks and they're going to become very good players, diamonds in the rough or star players. And there's there's always that in every draft. Yeah, it's probably going to be uh, Cassius Winston. That's my that's my uh, money in the basket of who's going to be the guy that shocks everybody in the world. Cassius Winston. Throw my money in. All right, you got Cassius Winston. Well, hey, um, I'm not even going to say Isaac Okoro. I still feel like that's kind of cheating for me. Yeah, come on, man. Give me like a bottom of the bottom of the first round or at least second round kind of type of guy. Give me like a Jaden McDaniels or something like that. I don't know. I really, I feel, I feel like at least Trey Jones could project as a role player, defensive role player in the NBA. I don't know why he's in the second round because at least I feel like he can play a role in the NBA. Yeah, like so. I, yeah, I, I, that, that's another thing. I don't understand why a guy like Trey Jones is below a guy like Nico Man, uh, Mannion or Malachi Flynn. I, I feel like Nico Mannion was always overrated. I was ne- I, I didn't feel like it was anything special. I felt Cole Anthony was overrated, but now he's projected to be a, a late first round pick. So yeah, I uh, that's another guy I was really high on, and everybody just ruined him for me. Like literally, everybody was like, "Look at this, look at that." I'm like, "Man, just let me love a guy." Yeah, I, I watched him. I watched him in North Carolina. I wasn't impressed. Um, Tyrese Maxey, I like him coming out of Kentucky. I feel like he could be one of the players that could. Um, raise a few eyebrows. I like Maxi. Like so I think that's that's really all I have so far. Like I'll be honest with you, I haven't watched the I haven't watched the college basketball season as much as I usually do because I just wasn't that interested. There was no one that like like really like I really wanted to watch. Of course, I recorded Auburn games because I was also our roommates with Isaac Okoro's brother. So we recorded <laughs> Auburn games. So we watched that, but like outside, outside of that, like there was not really like, like college basketball did not interest me. There was no big names. Like just the games, like the, there was no dominant teams. It just, yeah, it wasn't that interesting. I feel like if we had of a tournament, there would have been like a surprise Cinderella team that could have made it to the final four, because I feel like there was no, really true dominant team in college basketball i would say you're right and um i agree um with most of the points that you're saying and um yeah basketball that i think that may be another reason why i'm not that high on this draft was that this season was just not as hype as any of the other ones for some reason like even before the pandemic like i wasn't that hype about college basketball i don't know what it was like you're telling me that my favorite player this year was going to be like Peyton Pritchard out of Oregon. Like that was the, going to be the guy that you guys were going to push a lot. Like, I don't think I'm down. Yeah. I like Therese Halbert, but how much is Iowa state going to be on TV? Never. Literally. It wasn't that interesting. So yeah. So I'll, I'll be lying to you to, to say like I was studying this draft, like I did other drafts. I mean, I'm going to do my research. Like, just in and head to the draft, but yeah, because next week like, we're doing I mean, a lottery mock draft. <laughs> oh, we are okay. So that so that was written down. Uh, no, but you know, next week. 
Okay, okay. I'll, all right, and I'll do that for you. I'll do that. I'm going to do my research. So next week, I'll I'll get you my analysis. Yeah, we'll... we'll... I got the athletics description for a reason, folks. So yeah, we'll do, I'll be good. We'll do alternate picks. I'll start with one. That way I get San Antonio at 11, and then you'll do two. That way you get Atlanta at six. All right, all right. That works out. That yeah, works and out. I, we all know that you're going to take Isaac Okoro at Atlanta at six, so we might as well just... Knock that out. Oh yeah, no question. Because uh, hey, Atlanta Hawks need defense. <laughs> they need true. defense. And why not get one of the better players in the draft? Exactly. What better from a hometown boy from Powder Springs, Georgia? Like, of course you gotta you gotta get Isaac Okoro. Wait, are you saying that you're out on RJ Hampton going at six? RJ Hampton going at six? I'm, RJ Hampton is not projected that high. <laughs> no, he's not. I don't. I do not. For, I don't want. I, he is definitely unproven. I do not want to draft him. All I'm saying is that LaMelo Ball and RJ Hampton are pretty much the same player. Yeah, LaMelo Ball somehow made it out because he has like 3 million IG followers. That's how I feel. That's my last thing I'll say about LaMelo. <laughs> That's the last thing, I promise. I'm done. All right, well, you know what? We can just leave that till next week because like you said, we're going to do the lottery mock draft. Cool. And then look, I'm going to watch more LaMelo. I, I mean, I'm, high, I'm high on LaMelo, but you know what? There's some things that you said that I agree with. So I'm going to watch more and I'm going to – Get my opinion off of that. All right. Here's what I'll so, say. Here, here's what I'll tell you about LaMelo. This will be my last thing. For anybody who's listening, go and watch a full basketball game of him playing in the NBL. Anyone. It doesn't matter which one. Just watch a full game start to finish and tell me how you feel about LaMelo afterward. I guarantee you it's going to be very different than when you're watching a highlight on YouTube. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. So what you're saying is he's Austin Rivers. God, that's a really solid comparison. It's a really good comparison. Rivers, like in high school, the highlights were amazing. But when you actually watched the game, you were like, "This guy's not that special after all." That's how it felt like when I watched his high school, a high school game of him, and in college as well. You get, you know, I'm gonna say this for you. That might be your best comp ever. That was really solid. That was really good. Wow, so he's definitely not high on LaMelo Ball at all. You said Austin Rivers. I mean, oh my goodness. I mean, at least Austin Rivers hit a game winner. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> all right. Well, well we, we, could, uh, uh, ca- we could catch up with this next week. Perfect. But thank you for tuning in to the sports edition. This is B, um, Shayi, and then we got JC, estimated November 23. And JC, do you got any last words? Uh, yes. Um, Lamella Ball is trash, I promise you guys. And um, uh, let's go San Antonio. Let's actually make a, a, the best pick in the draft. Let's do it one more time. We can do it. We can do it, boys. I don't know what Lamella Ball has done to you, but hey, we'll, we'll, we're going we're going to tune into you next week. So have a good night or a good day, whatever you're listening to, and peace out. Peace.